only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Rock and Roll Denim. Bill Fick Ford, the WCRA, and Resistall. Guys, another year has ticked by. Challenging year, but there was somebody you could rely on if you needed a new Super Duty pickup, and that was Bill Fick Ford. Once again, the number one Super Duty dealer in the entire country. You guys have seen what's going on in the car business, in the truck business. You're seeing trucks being sold for thousands above MSRP. Well, if you go to Bill Fick Ford, it doesn't matter where you are at in the continental U.S. He will take care of you. He will stand by the product and he will not take advantage of you. Guys, Bill Fick Ford is the only place you can go in 2022 for a no bull discount. Bill Fick Ford. Guys, it's that time again. Rodeo Corpus Christi will be one of the largest paying rodeos of the entire year. That's $550,000 with more than $50,000 promised per discipline with no entry fees. Rodeo Corpus Christi will be the first stop of the WCRA's Triple Crown of Rodeo. The only way to qualify for Rodeo Corpus Christi is by nominating your rides or runs with the WCRA. You can win $1 million by nominating your rides and runs and earning points with the WCRA. Through the Triple Crown of Rodeo, the WCRA will award $1 million in cash prizes to any one athlete or collection of athletes who place first at any three consecutive WCRA major rodeos. The WCRA has awarded more than $10.8 million to athletes in a little more than two years. Come on, guys. To learn more, just visit WCRARodeo.com and learn how you can earn a spot at Rodeo Corpus Christi and possibly be Rodeo's next millionaire. Boom. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. This is The Gage with host Chance Conradu. Are you freaking serious? It's Conrado. This is The Gage, and I am Chance Conrado. On this episode of the podcast, we have got my man Coleman Proctor. He's uh, one of the most well-spoken team ropers and just an all-around great guy. If you guys don't get something out of this podcast from rodeo people, I mean, I don't know what else we could do on this show, but this is amazing. 
I think it's one of the best conversations I've probably ever had on the gauge, and I cannot wait to get the feedback from all of you. Check it out. Of course, you know. Do I need these on or no? You don't have to. Yeah, if you want to leave your hat on. If you do want to wear them, it just helps you hear yourself better and your, you know, your tone. But you're just talking into a microphone or a phone. You can tuck them around go back under. Like that. There hey, you go. There you go. I feel very maverick right now. Talk to me, goose. You look like it. I look <laughs> stupid, don't I? No. Actually. I just wanted to hear. Make sure my voice didn't sound because I'm. I'm damn sure not sick. Damn sure don't have the vid. My wife made me swab the other day. Ooh. That sucks. I've never done it until that time. That's the first test you've taken? Yeah. Nope. Oh, I guess you weren't. No, you didn't rope in. Uh, no, I uh, know. I was just talking yeah. for Purina. Yeah. Yep. No. Uh, they didn't make you do a swab? Mm-mm. Yeah. They 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 said all we kinds of stuff. outside on the steps. We oh, you were. To. Yeah. It's funny. I can say it now, but I mean, we, we were down in Globe Life all 10 nights doing the show down oh, so there. Oh, you had to, yeah. <clears throat> no, nobody was enforcing it. No. Just that first night, the first day in the contestant cool, tent. They? they were pretty cool. I didn't take a single one for that whole week. Yeah. Well, well no, I had been down here doing lessons talking. for like a week and been running ragged. So then, I tell you <clears> what, but dust anymore. So, you know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. older I'm getting, like I grew up in dusty ass arenas. Yeah. Now it's like, bothers me. It bothers me too. Like and my sinuses went home. Eyes. I was just like, golly. And I had to go do another <clears> lesson. I was going to see some old friend of ours that got a little age on him. And mm-hmm. my wife's like, you need to take a test. I'm like, what kind of test are we talking here? Like, Wait a minute. No, no. Yeah, you're taking classes. You're talking about a math test? <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not fun. And depending on who's giving you, did that's you do right. it yourself? Oh, it was a self test. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, better. I went up in there. Like, I, I got it all the way to the back. I'll tell you the worst one. I've probably taken 20 of those stupid freaking things. But my wife and I were down in Mexico what, last June maybe it was? And those freaking dudes down there, they're they're serious about those tests. I swear to God, this dude sets me down. You got to take the test to get back to the U.S. Grabs the back of my head and just gets uh, it shoves in there. that shit. And I was like, I still have a piece of that fucking Q-tip in my brain. <laughs> you know, it was brutal. And they'll lock you down in Mexico if you wouldn't recommend Well, then I had some friends go to a resort. And they're like, okay, for 50 bucks, you can take the test. For 100 bucks, you can get this piece of paper that says you're good. <laughs> Depends on where you're at. Yeah. I mean, these guys, there was no bribe. I would have given them 500 bucks not to have to have to get that test. And I had to carry my wife back to the room because I think they knocked her out. Mm. But, well, Coleman, I think uh, it's kind of interesting we've been doing this this long with the people we've had, and we haven't had a guy who actually puts himself out there on Facebook in funny ways. I mean, you're not your traditional team roper. I'd be curious to know kind of what you like, what you don't like. You know, you talk to some guys, and, I mean, a lot of guys that are my friends are like, well, what do you like? I like to rope. <laughs> well, what else? Well, I like to get ready to rope. And then what? Maybe go to a rodeo. And you're not – you're kind of a little different, right? You're an outspoken guy. You're really intelligent, and I don't know. I think you're an interesting character to have on the show. God knows we could use some good publicity, so help me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have been catching it a little bit, huh? Whew. I mean, catching it's putting it lightly, but I think it just comes with the territory. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that completely. You know, that was funny. I, I don't know. People ask me all the time, like, why I started doing that. You know what it was, really, is I have family that doesn't get to watch me. Yeah. And, that, and think, I mean, this was before the before the Cowboy Channel was, you know, doing right. every rodeo. And I would always, it seems like there for a couple of years, I'd always be on the bubble. And people would kind of want to know, you know, like what. Everybody thinks it's all fun and games like rodeoing. My dad, he's down here with me this week. Yeah. Know. Bad road, so I brought the the big chief with me to keep everything. Oh, uh, I can tell he's monitored. the chief just yeah. the way he's sitting. Absolutely, he's no bullshit, isn't he? No, no, absolutely yeah. not. Like that look is all the time. But no, like chief, he would always tell me he's like, "Son, you're on the greatest vacation of your life," and I'm like, "You're crazy." Like, it's one thing you always hear, you know, in the rodeo deal is like, "So and so, they'd make it if X, Y, or Z." You know, if they had the horse, the money, or this or that. And like, people don't realize, you know, 
you miss at a rodeo around your home, and then you drive home. You know, you get up the next morning, you eat food at your house, you see your family, and then you go to your practice pen, and then you go to another rodeo that night. Like, that's not rodeo. I mean, that's – be no. two time zones away. No, that's that's the difference. Like, even if you're doing amateur rodeos or whatever, all the stuff we grew up doing. Yeah. Like, you know, when, you, when you're, like, rodeoing as a kid, you high school rodeo, and you go to the amateur rodeos, right? right. If you want to be good, that's what you do. That's what we always did. High school rodeo, junior rodeo, amateur rodeos all summer, and that's a brutal trail. But that's like the equivalent of a rec league soccer for the normal people. And that's exactly it's not it. the same deal that you guys yeah, do. Yeah, be two time zones away and, and not knowing how you're going to make your truck payment. And then then have missed, you know what I mean? And then you still, you can't go see your wife or your kids or anything else. I mean, there's just such <laughs> another factor to it. And uh, everybody thinks it's so much fun. And so I, I don't know. I just, I have funny stuff happen to me. It feels like every day, like whether I'm at the ranch, whether we're rodeoing, you know what I mean? I have a pretty good outlook on life, I think. So I think that helps bring a little humor to it every day. So I don't know. That's why I started, you know, people wanted to follow along and see the highs and lows of it. And I mean, I show all of it and I talk about my good runs and I talk about my bad runs. Yeah. Well, I think it's good though, right? Because there's a level of uh, of access that people who maybe want to strive to be a rodeo cowboy or at least want to know what it's like. And like nobody, it's just one of the things that's annoying that you look at like as a whole, like just take the whole collective of rodeo athletes Nobody puts himself out there, and really there's not a lot of access to what goes on because it's a big decision. If you, I mean, you've got two paths. If, if you grow up rodeo and it's like, hey, you can go all on red or you can go all on black and try to figure out a way to actually make money, or you can go pro rodeo. And, I mean, it's there's not really an in-between. It's either you're all in one way or you're out. You know, that's an interesting take. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I've had yeah. friends that, you know, it's all about learning to manage your money and then because it, it's a great opportunity, you know, to make a lot of money rodeo and especially right now. Like it's, it's, well, it's a different money's world. bigger than it's ever been. And the jackpots are greater. I mean, you're selling horses for more than you ever have. So if you can manage your money right, I mean, I've got good friends who have done very well. You know, anything I've ever won, it feels like I've just added on to our ranch. So it always feels like I'm behind the eight ball. But, you know, that's I guess that's life. But yeah, it is. I don't know. I think uh, I think I always looked at rodeo as like I, it's going to be this period of my life where I'll go accomplish some goals, you know, never really looked at it as a profession. Right. And people like, you know, you know, like Speed Williams and Travis Graves and the guys that I would hang out with before I'd ever made it, you know, you looked at the way they, they took every day, they roped every day. And I remember that amazed me because when I was home, I had to work a job. I had to work construction. I had to catch up on, you know, whatever, try to get, you know, money put up in the bank so I could take off when Odessa rolls around. And so to see those guys actually take it as a profession, I never really considered it that for the longest time. And I think that was the downfall of why I didn't make it for the longest time. Right. You know? But then now it's, you know, you think, well, I'm going to rodeo for 10 years and I'm going to get a job. And then I'll kind of do the whole nine to five thing. Isn't that the kind of the sad thing i mean because i mean i'll throw myself in i mean my sister's been in the nfr a bunch of times and i got another sister and got, she'd been in the top 10 100 times and if i would have put everything in it and not stopped rodeo and probably could have done it but if you don't feel it right? right just like what you said i mean there's just no reason to do it because you're gonna go broke you're gonna have no credit which means you're gonna have no pickup <laughs> which means you're gonna have no trailer right. which means you're gonna have no place and there's no one really that that talks about that stuff in reality because everybody wants to romanticize the rodeo dream yeah but Hell, for 80, 90% of the people, it's the rodeo nightmare. It's not the dream. You know, you have to be a very specific person to make it one time to the NFR. But to make it a career, go six times like you, I mean, that's not easy. There's You see the top 15, and there's about six or seven people who are more or less always going to be at the NFR, at least for a given period of time. Right. But anybody 16 down to 110 or whatever, that fluctuates. 
that's not a life. I mean, it's you're chasing a dream that's really difficult. And so if you can win, investing in a property, investing in, in cows, because, I mean, let's be real, cows are cowboys corvette right you, you know when, when an old boy they are a 75 percent write-off right off the top i learned yeah. that <laughs> so like if you buy a hundred thousand worth of cows you get to save 75 yeah, yeah. that's a, that's right and and it's it's not like a truck where you can write it off once you write those cows off every year mm -hmm. so it is a good investment from that standpoint because you can utilize those write-offs to save your taxes even from your rodeo earnings i don't think a lot of people realize that you can lump some of that crap in but it's good to see guys like you who have a good understanding of, hey, this is finite, and then you set up your life, right? You well, use it to set up your life. You don't use your life to set up rodeo. I guess when I started rodeo, and I always figured, you know, I'd just do it for a few years. Well, it was 07. I got a great head horse. Right. I took off, you know, college kind of out on the back burner. And, uh, you know, I thought I'm going to make the finals. It'll be cake. Like, then life's pretty much on easy street. And then it's absolutely not the case. I've learned now that making the finals almost makes life more stressful. But at the end of the day, you know, I always Explain thought. Explain that. Well, because, you know, you think, well, September 30th rolls around. We've made the finals. That's like the, whew, we get to celebrate everything else. Well, and then October 1st rolls around, and then the new year gets started. And then you've got to get ready for all the jackpots, because generally in, in October we have a lot of jackpot ropings we go. And that's where, you know, team ropers like myself that, you know, I missed the finals, what, two out of the three years there for a while. and But I had great years jackpot, and so it offset the cost of missing right. the finals. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, not completely, don't be wrong, because that's the – that's the dream. That's the goal. And that's where the big nugget is at the end of the year. But right. so then, and then November rolls around. Well, then now we got to get ready for the finals. Cause then my gosh, let's not go out there and lay an egg and only win 20,000. You know, I remember right. what it felt like the year that Billy and I went out there the first time we yeah. won $20,000. It was the first year they had the big pay increase, you know, and I, I was standing there talking to my father-in-law and, uh, I was telling him, oh, we're going to build the arena over here. And we're going to build like eight sheds off of it. And then mm -hmm. we're going to go ahead and we're going to pipe all the rest of this. And uh, when Spending I got Spending the money before you had yeah, the money. Like yeah, like this, you know, because I'm a guy, though, I do have, I tell my wife all the time, I've got to have the vision. Like, i got to mm -hmm. see, you know, what do I need? Where do I need to put it? Because then it feels like I go to work and I get to doing it. Right. And uh, we won $20,000. I come back, and Gary and myself built one shed. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, you look at rodeo, and I know, I mean, not that you have a stilted view of it, because I don't think that it all is, is correct. Not at all, yeah. But, because uh, I think, you know, like you said, you romanticize it quite a bit. But honestly, man, every business is volatile. You know, you learned that the last two years. I mean, what thing has been fortunate is rodeo has still provided an opportunity to make a living, even here through COVID. You know, the committees have stepped up and allowed us places to go. There are opens and everything else. You know, you look at every business, man. I, you know, my dad's a great example. He worked for a great company for a long time, and then, you know, they start restructuring. You know, you could work for a company for 25, 30 years, and then they decide – they're going to go a different direction, do something, and bam. You're, that's you're, right. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what, what business it is. That's why I love rodeos because you get out of it what you make of it, you know? You do, yeah. And, I mean, and there's certain elements of it that are you can't control, right? Like something happens to your horse. God, it's Absolutely. like It's like how many great horses have we seen die in this freak, the last calendar year? It's been weird. But that's just kind of the nature of the business, just like stocks go up and down. That's just one of, one of the – hardest things to control if you rodeo especially in timed events is, is your horse right? right that's one of those stocks that you can't control something just happens but outside of that i mean you really do your mindset dictates so much just like in a, in any business but but you're saying things that make sense right you're saying things that like i'm glad i'm glad you people, state that because i tell yeah. my wife all the time i say stuff that makes sense baby you just got to be able to to organize it. Well, I mean, <laughs> anybody who's got a wife knows it doesn't matter what you say. She's probably going to disagree with you for the sake of disagreeing. <laughs> but when it when it comes to looking at rodeo as a business, right, just like any business, right, I've got another business. It's not this, but also this. They all bring right. in money, and then you have to figure out what you're going to do with that money 
to further whatever goal or dream you've got with that specific thing. The problem with rodeo, and it's not a problem, but you could also say it would be the problem with being a professional football player or a hockey player or even any level of celebrity. Now, we're subculture celebrity, right? You know, I walk to the mm-hmm. grocery store and say, hey, you're the guy from the podcast. You walk through a grocery store. Hey, that's Coleman Proctor or whoever, right? Like, that's cool. That's like, that's a little ego thing, but that can really cause problems, right? In rodeo, I think you have to have a level of humility because it you can screw up and not make the finals or have something. Oh happen. man. I mean, just look at me two nights ago. We, yeah. we went three, eight in the wild card round at Fort Worth and everybody's mm-hmm. like, great job. And then last night right. you lay an egg and miss. And they're like, Oh wait, did you rope last night or the night before? But yeah, no, I, th- I think you're memory. absolutely right. Yeah. That's, I think, uh, you know, one of the favorite things I took from the, I loved your Clinton Anderson. Yeah. Right. I thought it was amazing. But in the way that he talked about, you know, his decision to go off training, like he found a passion and then decided a way to make money at it. That's right. And I think that, I mean, that hit the, the right the middle for me because that's something I see all the time I do a lot of schools I help a lot of kids and I tell them all the time like hey you got to find find whatever you're passionate about like I was fortunate I wanted to rope I knew I was going to rope forever even when I didn't like roping I still loved roping if that makes sense you know even when you're banging your head against the wall and last night when I scored bad and did a terrible job like I still love roping you know still fortunate to be able to get up and do it and this is and this is a selfish sport I mean I think we all know that like my wife kids everybody has to sacrifice their time you know, my mother-in-law goes to the finals for two weeks just to support us to have an opportunity to do it. And I think one of the harshest things about rodeo that uh, reality hits you on the curve really hard is there's no after like, that you've got to create your own retirement, right? Like whether that be you just sit on every dime you've ever made, you know, let's just say you've, you've kept it all to the side. I don't know how much I've won now over my career. Not that much. But let's say it was a million dollars. So in my mind, like if you could just if you saved every penny of that million dollars, and never spend it. You just put it under the mattress. Well, then now we're seeing inflation at a, what, 40-year high? You know what I'm saying? 40-year so, high, plus you got to take 40% off of that million because it's winnings. So, so then... You're 600 grand. So, so then all of a sudden, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, you, mm-hmm. this is after taxes. You've kept yep. it. You've hit it. You've done whatever you need to do with it. Well, then, I mean, even just, Full a, on just the Ramsey. cash rate of inflation, man, you've lost 70000 You know what I mean? That's right. So it's always having those things to be shooting ahead of the ducks and keeping yourself... You know, horses are a great investment, cows are a great, but like find something else you're passionate about. I think that's, honestly, that's what scares me the most about as I start getting towards looking at the end of my rope and, you know what I mean? I'm sure. not saying I'm done. I'm dang sure not done, but right. you know, what life after here, I want to find something else I'm passionate about. Cause that's to me what drives everything. I mean, that I'm smarter about things I'm passionate about. Right. You know? Well, and, and that's one of the things that's missed when you're so bogged down in the moment. Right. Because, you know, you can look at things through. Two different ways. You could live for the future or you could live right now. There's always an argument that living right now is good because you could be dead tomorrow. But chances are you're not going to be dead tomorrow. <laughs> and then when today turns into tomorrow and so on and so on, all you'll have is regret if you screwed that up, right? So it's a really fine balance of living for right now and being prepared for the future. And Rodeo doesn't do a good job of educating their guys on helping them. Like there's no financial advisor in the PRCA office to help guys. Right. That doesn't exist, right? It's like, hey, so you just won $340,000 at the NFR. Let's pretend you're Stetson Wright and you did that. Oh, man, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I mean, I'm blue-shirted up. I'm spurring him off. Did you see his yeah. halter fall off the other night? Yeah, that was. With his bronc right? And he's yeah. just like, oh, don't need that. Do yeah. that. It's amazing. Yeah, he's Anyways, all right, so I'm Stetson Wright. That's a yep. pretty good life. I'm living it. Yep. Anyway, yeah, you're living it. You're the most humble guy in the world from Utah, and, you know, you're all wearing blue and don't say much, but you're Stetson Wright, and you get all this money that you just won. There's nobody outside of his family who's going to say, this is what you need to do with that money, Stetson. Right. What if you get hurt? Right. And maybe there is, right? Maybe he's got somebody that, I mean, they're, they're a unique environment. That's a great family. Their dad's a 
amazing. That whole group is different. But okay, let's say it's not Stetson right now. This is whole this whole argument's falling apart because he probably has somebody. But let's just say it's anybody else who came off the street. Well, there wasn't somebody provided. No, no, there's not. I mean, there's not. You in an organization like the NFL, you've got managers, financial advisors, people. Literally saying, do not spend this. You must put it here. I mean, look at every, every opportunity that somebody who went and made a lot of money in a different organization, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. they've got resources at their fingertips for all these different collective people, right? I mean, they're huge. No, there's, that doesn't exist in rodeo. I don't even think the people running some of these organizations would even be able to advise somebody what to do with their money. You know, it's kind of funny because we all just look at people who have money or have won a lot of money and they know they've done... You know they've made smart choices, so you just kind of like, hey, what did you do? You know. Well, there's a few of them. Yeah, and then there's the opposite. Absolutely, but also, you know, I heard I heard uh, Greeny the other day on his uh, show talking about the NFL. Like, there's 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 only five percent of them that make like change your whole lifetime money. That's what he said, and I think that was exactly right. You know, when you talk about you know football players who just put their checks underneath their bed, they never put them in the bank. I mean, they never because no one no one they have no idea what to do with it. Hey, honestly, it's almost more scary to have money than it is to be broke. Like when I won the American, it's terrifying to have money. When I won the American. When we came home, I had $433,000 that I had. I actually sent that check home with a dear friend of mine's grandmother, and mm-hmm. she took it to the bank the next morning. So on Monday morning, it's in the bank, right? Yep. And I called every 15 minutes to hear my bank account statement. I'll never forget it because Hannah got tired of it. She was, I was like, oh, yeah, I was just going to check my checking account, please. She's like, okay, yeah, you have 442000 whatever in there. And I'm like, thank you. I'd call back 10 minutes later. I just want to check my checking account, please. <laughs> She's like, I just talked to you. I was like, I know. I just want to hear it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> But hey, I would wake up in the middle of the night, cold sweat. Yeah. Because it's like, oh gosh, it's like winning the lottery. Like, what are we going to do now? Like, oh my yeah. gosh. Well, I know how to be broke. And, and like, I know how to be broke. you don't want to screw it up. Right? Exactly. It's like. Because you may never see it again. Right. And that was kind of my mentality. And mm-hmm. it was just like, man, I, I was trying to hold on to it as hard as I could. But then I realized, like, you know, you can't hold on to it too loose, but you can't hold on to it too tight. It's got to be able to go make money for yourself it's, somewhere it's else. It's got to be a fine balance, right? And and here's the thing. You've got to be the right guy because not everybody should have money and not everybody can. It m- Having money can be a real curse. And some people are just allergic to keeping money or making money. There's there's different a different scenario you could paint for pretty much every person. But if you get a lump sum of cash, like $400,000, you could do one thing and that could be completely gone. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy this 30 acres right here. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then you don't got that money anymore. Or, hey, I'm going to go buy 300. 300 head yep. of heifers. She's gone. gone. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy one and a half good head horses at this point. You know what I mean? Well, that is yeah. no joke. And yeah. I made the mistake the other day talking about the Toter Tales about how, you know, I've been looking for horses. Not the mistake really, but then I, you get, everybody's got one and they all want a ton for them. It's like, man, yeah. are you kidding me? Like they, It's harder with head horses though. I mean, it's getting better, but like with barrel horses, for instance, 
It's like people ask me all the time, like, hey, what kind of horses are you going to invest money in? Well, I'm not a barrel racer, but I know what horse is the most valuable. Right. So I know what, what type of horse I'm going to put the money I now have into. And I waited. I mean, I grew up on a barrel horse ranch. That's all we had. 70 head of freaking barrel horses. Some were good. Some were bad. Ten, twelve thousand dollar a month feed bills. So much so that you're like, you're starving to death as a 14 year old kid feeding them. But that teaches you a lesson if you come from an environment like that. Right. Just like if you rodeo and you actually understand the whole concept of what rodeo is and what it can do for your future. You learn a lot about what not to do. So every time somebody tried to get me to buy a horse over the last four years, five years of my life, when I started getting a little bit of money, I didn't do it. Until, <laughs> until now, because I knew yeah. like, okay, yeah. Okay. So if I, okay, you want to partner on this horse, that'd be $20,000. Hold on. That's a bad idea. You know what I, th- I think is crazy is Ryan Motes one time. I'd love visiting Ryan. He's so smart and he's, he's hilarious. And we get the greatest get a, little goatee beard thing. That thing isn't little. Like, yeah. no, I mean like when I try to grow a beard, it's, it, it's dirty. You oh. know what I mean? Like it just looks like come and wash your face. Like he puts it out there. Oh, it's, I couldn't even grow what you would be able to grow. He's in here with his beard. Last time he was in here and he's mocking me. Cause I don't have any facial hair. <laughs> That's just him. He's like, I got one thing to be proud of. My name's Ryan Motes and it's this trucker beard. That's right. Yeah. When you have a beard longer than your thumb. That's, you can be proud of that, you know. You really can, yeah. But he, uh, you know, he, I asked him one time, I was like, how do they sell these cutting horses for, <clears> you know, 30000 and then you train on them, and then they sell the ones that won't make it for 6500 I'm like, how does that work? He said, it's easier to sell the dream than it is the horse. And I thought, man, that, I had no idea what he was talking about at the time. I kind of just did the old smile and nod, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I had no idea. But really, you get it now. Well, we're we're kind of in the breeding game just a little bit, sort of. Like, I don't even like riding colts. I don't like. My wife kind of wanted to raise a couple, and then it turned into I got one broodmare, and then now I've got you know three of them we're going to have this year. And it's like, how did this even happen? Because by the time I got to send them to somebody to get started, then you got to send them to somebody to get broke, and then you got to send them, you know, so you, you got 20,000 in them in a hurry. Yeah. And then you don't even know if they're terrible yet. Like you're like, oh, wow, okay, this one's not going to make the bill, you know? I mean, so you don't even, I get what he's saying before you start putting all that, you know, training into it. It's easier to sell the dream, something that's bred up nice and ready to go. It, it is. And, it's so interesting, right? Because there's been some things that have happened in the horse selling industry over the last couple of years that used to be able to go get a cutting prospect, turn it into a heel horse or, or a, a reject and mm-hmm. have it be a, a heel prospect or not really a head of prospect. Those are usually reject barrel horses or things like that. But for that 6,500, that's done. Right. You can't, you can't buy a prospect. Yeah. Go buy a reject for less than 20 grand that has decent paper. Yeah, go buy Main Street Boone for 6,500 bucks like Joseph did. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's good luck. That's never going to happen. Right. Because there's all these entities that are kind of monopolizing, which is good for them, the the selling and reselling of these horses. Like, there, there's all these outfits, like Melanie Smith's outfit where she sells these horses. That's the number one thing in the world that changed the cost of these cutting rejects. She, she created like 130% inflation just on reject cutting horses that people are trying to buy for heel horses. Right. Right? And anybody who can get them, who can actually afford to play that game and then bring them, Dixon Flowers is a good example. Yeah, then you better have a guy like Billy that can well, shoot, find me a better guy who can turn one of those rejects and make him a sliding son That's of a gun exactly on the right. heel, and there ain't, there's nobody else. So I admire. He don't say a lot, but God damn, if you want to talk about somebody who <laughs> understands the rodeo game and keeps their mind right, it's him because they'll, he'll have an allotted amount of money right to rodeo, and he'll have this amount of horses that he has to ride and train. And if he doesn't win and he runs out, Billy stops going. And goes back to training horses and selling horses. Well, I mean, hey, and hats off to him because he went and got educated about it. You know, like he went and rode with JD and those guys, and he would drive out there and stay at JD's place. Like mm-hmm. guys like that to put the time behind it. And you know, and I think that's something he is passionate about. And that goes back to what I say: like find what you're passionate about. 
weirdly, like I love teaching, right? Like I didn't realize that. I went down there to live with Speed Williams and mm-hmm. get, you know, just to learn how to head and helped him with his lessons and, right. and fell in love with it. Love helping people. And I love, you know, helping kids. And because I remember being a kid, and I remember everybody that helped me as I grew up. Like I remember, you know, it was Manny Kunde back then, Manny Agasquiza. You know, he was one of the first guys that would ever really visit with me about roping, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody else. And, and guys like Jeff Brown that, you know, brought me along the game that showed me what little things they knew, you know what I mean? And then, Give, it had just unlocked doors, and so it's fun how, you know, Billy, you know, he's passionate about it, it seems like, riding horses. Because he can get on – I tell you where I think I see that is where he can get on anything and make them better. He can. You I mean, know, he's, that's he's, not, he's that's a true horseman. Yeah. And he's a real humble, quiet guy about it. But if you get to spend time just watching what he does on a on a horse that he picks up and then gets on within three, four weeks, he's got it sliding, He's you're able to rope, swing a rope over it, and yeah. it's better than most of those prospects out there. And all it takes is – he doesn't even need 90 days to get one that will hit the corner and he can throw a loop at it and dally on it. I mean, it's just amazing. There's certain people in different industries that are just these horsemen, and it's unbelievable to watch. It's like it's like watching poetry in motion, as kind of gay as that sounds. But when you love rodeo, and especially if you love roping, there's only a few guys that train at that level. Oh, right? yeah. Well, I think, train honestly, at that level. hey, at a professional level, it, it it's hard to do both. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's almost hard. impossible. Exactly. I mean, that's why you don't see just a lot of guys that, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the best healers in the world, they understand what they need out of a good heel horse and they ride a good one. Well, I think that's something Speedy said about Rich Skelton a long time is he rode a great horse. Well, and I, that's something that's, I mean, I didn't understand that statement when he said it, but right. it's something you see, you know, like Junior Nagara, he is going to shape one up to what he needs and take every good thing about him. And you know, guys like that, but to take a three-year-old that just came off of, you know, he didn't make the cow horse deal, and we got to start roping on him. And you know, maybe he's cow fresh. He's trying to go to their head. And to find somebody like Billy that can make them do it and go around it. And well, and then reputation building, right? That's the number one thing. It takes a long time. And, I mean, you, if you look at Billy's background, he would hate to be talked about because that's just the guy that he is. But that's why, personally, I love talking about him. In so fact, that's why I love talking about him because, I, I mean, he's my brother-in-law, and I've probably <laughs> spoke four full sentences to him ever. You know, I've been around him for a collective month. But – you know, if you go to their place and you just get to watch the guy, it's just you got to admire somebody who just has quietly from absolutely nothing from a dude with a plastic bag full of clothes from Missouri mm-hmm. to be where he's at. I mean, that is the horseman from dream. the Louie. It, it, it may. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your dad knows. But it, it may not be the rodeo dream, but that's the horseman's dream right. to where you have such a good reputation for one putting in the work on the horse, you know if you send Billy a horse, he's not going to do the horse trainer bullshit and he's not going to ride him. You're going to have a sucker that will do the job for you. And so you spend your whole training career building up that reputation where you can pick up the phone and you can buy a horse from anybody in the entire country and then resell them for more money. Right. That, that's the pinnacle. Carries with your name, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. that's the pinnacle of horse training. That's not the pinnacle of rodeo because there's not as much attention in that, at least not direct. But it's amazing to keep your composure enough on that side to not lose it all chasing the rodeo thing. You know, one thing I love about Billy Jack is how uncomfortable he is around like people and talking. Like, in, and he's it's a very best. smart, like, very great guy. So, when we first, well, he's super the, educated. I don't think a lot oh, of people yeah. realize he's very I mean, smart. He's got a teaching degree. Oh, he and I mean, if you start talking to him about all kinds of economics, I mean, you know, he understands it from the bottom to the top. But the first year we go to the finals, you know, Wrangler was adamant that he signed with me. Like, hey, you and Bill go sign that way. You can kind of show him around this and that. And I think he'd be more comfortable. So I'm like, absolutely, that's a great <laughs> idea. Well, he shows up. I like, got his one little book. Here's the big handsome fellow, you know, Billy himself. And he sits there and people are just lined up. Yeah, Ben Affleck. You know what I mean? And he's just one after the other. And, you know, he's, they're all trying to get him talking can't. And then pretty soon, like, he runs out of autograph sheets. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you didn't bring your entire book of autograph. Like, why would you? Well, not just bought it. Well, why wouldn't you? 
Well, I, I didn't know. Uh, and this lady comes walking up, and she's and it's a little kid, and she had you know she's like, "Can I get a picture of you to sign?" And he looks at it, and he's like, "Uh, I gotta go to the truck and get more." <laughs> gone like that fast, <laughs> gone. So I was like, "I'm covering for him." I'm like, oh, he'll be right back. Billy will be right back. Everybody's kind of waiting. I'm in the meantime <laughs> telling stories, and I'm just signing stuff, handing it to him. Like Billy will be back. Still got his line sitting there. Pretty <laughs> soon here comes his grandpa. He's like, "Where'd Billy go?" Like, I think he went to the truck to get more autograph sheets. He's like, you coming back? I said, honestly, between you and me, I don't think so. But these people tend to think he is. So we're going to keep <laughs> selling it. Uh, that's too funny. I love it. I mean, a guy like you partnering with him, that's a perfect balance, though. Because, I mean, you, you can talk for days, and, and that's a real skill. Like, that's a skill that. Oh, I don't know about that. No, it is. Trust me. I mean. You know what that was? Well, that's yeah. procrastination. Because you always had to talk your teachers into taking your homework late. And now that I'm going back to college as a 37 Oh boy, I'll be 37 this year. That, that just hit me. Did that just wow. hit you just yeah. now? Right kind of like the coffee out of my nice Prior Creek quality lawn service cup. You see, if you want quality, you can't teach that quality lawn service at, at affordable prices. You check them out. I'll tell you what. If quality everything goes care. to absolute hell, you could always be an anchor for the Cowboy Channel. I don't know that those guys are talented. They're you know? talented and they're doing it for pennies on the dollar compared to what mainstream people do. Isn't that That's crazy? I didn't even think when I first went to work out there, like when I when it's the finals and they asked me to come out there, like I didn't, I they I got paid zilch. Like yeah, zero. I mean, like it was like three hundred dollars every time they used me, which was yeah. fine because I it allowed me to get my performance bonuses from the companies. You know, if I wore my sponsorship. Yeah, of course. So I was like, I don't. You guys will pay whatever you want. I, that money. Is yeah, that's what matters to me. You know that I mean? just shows how how far behind we are as far as an industry goes, right? right? Cuz you got an anchor or something that does something like that on ESPN. Right. You got to add four Yeah, like more take zeros. Joe Buck and Jeff Matters, like yeah. right? Yep. Both amazing in their respective. I mean like I think Absolutely. Jeff is amazing, right? Jeff so, is fantastic. Oh, great voice and he always keeps talking yeah. and like he that's the hardest thing. I at the Indian Finals I had to try to try to talk through the team roping. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just keep it's it hard. going. It is a lot harder than people well, think. Well, and look at look at Joe. Look at Joe B. He'll talk through all those timed events other than well, even barrel racing sometimes. And just to be able to keep, keep it going. the flow going, yeah. to keep an audience that you can't see, you don't know how many of them there are engaged, it's really difficult to do that. I mean, it's also difficult to have long-form conversations like this and have it be meaningful or impactful for right. anyone. That's the trick. But, but when you have a pair, like, and you can keep talking, but then to just take the mic and talk it through and somebody's over there like me trying to make sure the steer is perfect. Zero you know. feedback, yeah. Well, and also being able to explain, because you have to assume that the audience doesn't know anything about team roping, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. They don't Absolutely. know what a barrier is, what the score, at least you hope they don't, because that means you're bringing a new audience. If everybody already knows and you're capped, you're not going to grow the sport anymore. So you just assume that they don't know anything. And your goal is to educate them through 15 rounds if it's the end. Man, do you think that'll change? Like, do you think it'll change? Like, the money will change. Now with what the Cowboy Channel and, you know, Teton Ridge and everything, stuff like that. Because, you know, my neighbor, one of the hardest working gentlemen I've ever known, you know, he tells me, he's like, man, this Cowboy Channel was right before COVID. Yeah. Uh, Because they were doing all the rodeos. And, you know, he's like, man, I... They're going to do every single one this year. I do chores. I run in the house. And he said, it makes me worthless. He said, you know, and they can watch you from anywhere in all your places. And it's it's been amazing what's done for the athletes because, you know, you talk about me and my little toter tails that... You know, I like giving those five minute snippets of just you know. Damn, you get twenty thousand views on that. That's a good chunk. It, it, that's what I don't. Even, I don't. I don't really know if that's a bunch or not. You know, because like you look at you know what's real numbers. Like what's you know what I'm saying. Like what depends on what you're looking at and what you're comparing it to. But if you get twenty thousand on Facebook, you know, for a cowboy, that's pretty good numbers, right? You monetize that, you could probably make thirty four cents. Thirty four cents. No, that ain't it'd bad. Pro- it'd probably be more than that. Well, that'd be enough coffee to refill my prior <laughs> quality lawn care. When you're talking lawn care at an affordable price, check out quality. 
prior quality lawn care. You almost had it. Brandon there. Merritt. That's, that I'm getting better, huh? You are. Yeah. 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 It's maybe he'll give me a reduction in my, cause he dang sure shows up every week and keeps it place well, looking sharp, by the way. Well, I'm just going to tell but you if he maybe I can get you, him. He just off got a free advertising on this show. That's right. You don't want to know what we charge our advertiser. So he's going to owe you a pretty penny. Bam. Certainly more than $300. So maybe next year he'll put the lights up on my house. My kid, my kid, they want, they want Christmas lights. They want, I mean, they want everything. Kids want everything. I've learned no, that. The, well, yeah. And you got to give it to them. It's your yeah. responsibility. And you know what's fun? Like, I love being a dad. Like, right? Like, my, my, my kids are amazing. My daughter. See, this is what happens with me. I start just running in circles. So if you ever need to corral me up, you just let me know where we're headed. No, but. I got the same problem. You got ADHD just like I do. Yeah, so. So this is a toxic environment for the two this of us. This will be perfect. Yeah. You know, like my kids, like before, when they didn't understand Team Rope, really, they understood Daddy Rope, and they'd see me on TV. Well, now they understand more about it. You know, like, they're mm-hmm. like, you didn't break the barrier. Well, you broke the barrier, Daddy. You broke the barrier. Why'd you break the barrier, Daddy? Like, What's well, wrong be- with you? We got to eat, Because, like, I didn't think, I thought the steer was going to go harder than that, sweetie. I'm sorry, you know. And my oldest one, she's so sweet, and she's just like me. Like, it, she is me in a girl form. I mean, she is exactly like me. And uh, when we got back from Vegas, she's like, Daddy, you did a great job in Las Vegas and Nevada. So when she started saying we're going to Las Vegas and Nevada, like it was super cute. <laughs> you didn't try to get her to perform in front of people, you know. And, and then now it'd be like, Stella, that's it. Time out. You're headed to time out. But, Daddy, you did a great job in Las Vegas and it's Nevada. very manipulative. And I'm yeah. like, wow, you know what, baby? Thank you. I thought I did pretty good. You know, I had fasted, and I kind of tried to draw it down a little bit and look pretty. Hey, wait a minute. No, time out. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah, it and doesn't then, work. That's the that's the issue with children. Is if they and make, she's four. It, like well, who if they make that? you laugh, if they make you laugh, you can't discipline them after. No, that. it's hard. It's over. It's hard. So you're screwed. I got. I have a, a three year old son, and he does the dumbest shit I have ever seen. Something that has human DNA. I mean, we're talking about this little son of a gun finds a way to take a little one of those little bouncy roundup horses, put it up to the counter, get on top of a counter. Oh, baby. Get on top of a freaking refrigerator. Jump like, onto I'm it. I'm a 30-year-old man. I couldn't get on that fridge. How did Mount. you do that? And then he was like, well, I'm going to set set the horse right there. I'm going to see if I can jump from the fridge to the horse. Mm. Like, There's no way you could be alive. Three years in, you're still alive. How, you, technically, I mean, honestly, you got to kind of just... You, you know what I mean? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, if she's intelligent enough to try to manipulate a grown man like that. Yeah, great salesmanship. I mean, you can't her, her. I mean, her grandpa chief there, he'd be so proud of her. Dad always told me that, you know, you got oh, your word and you got your salesmanship. I bet she's got him wrapped around her finger. Oh, I, yeah. I can tell. He's over there chiefing it up, but I, I bet you he'd give her his yeah. full life savings if she said it the right way. I'm telling you what, and just popsicles. My God, he just feeds her sugar all the time. Like, she'll just be like, chief, I think we need a popsicle. Well, of course, sweetie, we need one. Let's go get one. Like, wait, dad, no, put the popsicle back. No, we're not doing that. Are you kidding me? No, I, the other day at dance class, it's amazing. My kid, you know, in dance, obviously, like I took ballet as a kid, so I'm pretty great, you know, choreographed. I don't like, I don't like For some like reason, that's not surprising at all. You know, it's funny, you know, I read in Might a book. Why you're such a good roper. You know, I read in a book somewhere that uh, Barry Sanders had taken ballet and it helped him with his. Barry uh, Sanders, and I think uh, Herschel Walker did something like so, that. So, you know, and I, and so here I am, some, you know, little kid that uh, I was actually, you know, a stud athlete and I, I played center and I, I rode the bench a lot in basketball. Like, Sports were never my thing. Mm-hmm. But I read this book, and I thought, bam, there's a key. right? Because yeah. I got really tall all of a sudden, and like my feet were long. So it was like yeah. I was falling down all the time, just walking across. So anyways, yeah. that's So I like to think that I've given her some, you know, she's getting some of this dance from daddy. You know right. what I mean? I'm a structured dancer. You're a structured. Actually, I'm not. I think I was in there for like six weeks. But when did you get married? 2014. Yeah, well, also relatively Is not that, that right? long ago, really. No, 2016. What's that, six years? Eight May years. 14, 2016. Don't. Yeah. Can we edit that? Ooh, I don't need my no, wife. Too late. Edit. No edit. No, we've been together since 08. Yeah. 08, yeah. And you just drug your feet that whole time. Well, you know, you just explained your No, feet honestly, what happened, what what honestly what happened is I always wanted, like, you didn't want to hey, get married. Hey, Chief, married. does he backpedal like this on everything when he gets cornered a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? 
I'm glad you brought Chief into this deal. When I got married. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> when I got married, Dad Dad told me, he said, son, you're going to have a chance now that you're married. You're yeah. going to have a chance to be right or happy. Yeah. He said, no, i just tell you, I'd choose happy. I mean, he's been married three times, so I figured I'd take his advice. You know what I mean? So That's right. But anyways, back wait, to my wait, kid. Wait, hold on one second. Did you learn that? You had to have been the third one or there wouldn't have been three. It took you three times to get that whole deal figured out to pass on to your sweet little son here. Tell <laughs> <laughs> about getting the no, he's he now that just pleading the fifth here. Yeah. No, it's I safer. didn't want to get engaged. We were living with our parents. I didn't want to get engaged and then be like, you know, let's get engaged and live with oh, your parents. Oh, there's a rodeo like, story living with your girls' parents. Never right. That one. <laughs> exactly. Like that's how we started out. You know what I mean? That's like how everybody starts out real because to get a good well, what my we girlfriend's did, parents. What we did was we were building our place and it was a hay meadow. You know what I mean? Now we got ten thousand foot of pipe fence and we. You know what I mean? Like I've built right. every stitch of it myself and yeah. not myself. Like my father-in-law helped me a ton. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I wanted to wait till we had our own thing going. You know, right. Like where. Couldn't that, be like let's get be let's awkward. get married and come back and it was kind of funny because I talked the other day about selling our place, and especially what stuff's bringing right now. We mm -hmm. I entertained the idea and she's like, "What are we gonna do?" I was like, "We'll move back into your mom." Yeah, it's so much cooler now. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it'd be a great thing. Think of the videos you could put out from your oh my gosh mother-in-law's basement. Right. Exactly. All of a sudden, you're relating to we're the, making money. Well, here's the thing: you want to talk about growing the sport? Have a cowboy in his mother-in-law's basement. Talking about life. Now you're going to appeal to like 90% of the kids out the there whole who don't deal. rodeo. I love where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Find me a 20 to 30 year old kid who doesn't rodeo who probably doesn't you know, I'm back in their basement. They do. Guys, rock and roll denim has absolutely changed the game when it comes to the performance and style in Western jeans. Top competitors like Shad, Tim O'Connell, Shelly Morgan, you name it. Your boy right here. We're all wearing rock and roll denim inside and outside of the arena. It gives you the flexibility you need to win as well as looking absolutely great in your interviews, appearances, whatever it is you're doing. Even you're just doing podcasts like me. I had a chance to go to Rock and Roll Denim's factory the other day and pick out all the pants I wanted. Here's the thing. I got to try on a bunch of their new jeans. I love the men's revolver jeans with the reflex stretch technology because they're comfy. They're not stiff like some of the other jeans. Go check them out at rockandrolldenim.com or follow Rock and Roll Denim on Facebook and Instagram for the newest trends in Western fashion. Rockandrolldenim.com. What sets Resist All apart is the legacy of the cowboys who wear the brand. These traditions are passed down from fathers to sons, from heroes to future champions. Since 1927, Resist All has been handcrafting the finest American-made cowboy hats. Generation after generation, we live it every day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I'm back in college and I, I have a personal finance class now. And this month starts our, where we have to do 30 days of our spending diary. Mm. You know, and this like, is going to be a lot more interesting. It's than interesting. The rest of the class. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do just the rodeo, just the yeah. rodeo account. Like we're not going to do like the rant. I'm not, I'm not even going to try to keep people up on what all happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, it's been interesting so far. And that was funny. My te- my teacher, uh, he was like, you know, we've had people in here that are like, oh, they got a tattoo, you know, and I'm like, well, is that the best use of your money? And I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> sit down, doc. It's yeah. going to take a wild trip here. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I don't think you should spend money on a tattoo. Well, how much did you spend on your horse last year, sir? Oh, well, I oh. guess you lost that argument. That's the funny thing about rodeo, right? There's such a disconnect from people who rodeo and what goes on in rodeo and the rest of the world. Right. You sit down with any normal person who's driving around the, the Metroplex right now and explain to them what it costs to get a decent rodeo horse. First of all, they're probably not going to know too much about, you know, what rodeo is outside of the stock show. But when they hear that you'll pay six figures right, for a horse, that's what somebody asked me you've lost day. them. You've completely lost them. They asked me, somebody asked me the other day, like, well, this horse, he, you know, whatever, didn't like bat boots, kicked out, yada, yada, cribs, he does this. I'm like, man, if, honestly, if he scores and let me catch, I'll buy him a pack of Camel cigarettes every day if that's what he wants. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> if he'll score and let me win something. But I, I think you're right. You know, I mean, it takes 70000 $75,000 a year to roadie. That's us paying our fees. You know, that's. Best case, depending on diesel, how the truck blow up a trailer. You know, but I mean, no, that's issue. just like, that's what we're going to pay to rodeo. So then when you see those guys miss the finals, or even the guys that make the finals, I'll tell you what's sadder is, you know, it was never that discouraging. Jake Long and I were talking about this the other day. You miss the finals, man, September 1st, you're ready, or October 1st, you're ready to roll. Like, you're yeah. like, hey, or you've just gotten done. You're headed to Odessa. You're fired up about Odessa. Yeah, right? you got to be. If you just left the NFR and you won $20,000, you're like, I don't know. I think maybe we should skip Odessa because went all year, went to the Super Bowl, the sport, and then this is what we, uh, this is what we left with. I yeah. mean, waking up in the middle of the night, you know, just dreading and, you know, when it's middle of the week at the NFR, like that was, that was miserable and crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like missing the finals isn't the end of the world. Having a bad finals feels more like the end of the world, you know? Because it's a long 10 days, especially long if it's not going 10 days. It's two weeks. I mean, by the yeah. time you got, even this year, you know, we won a hundred and some thousand and it was a great week. We, I flew out, flew back, and the kids, we were back home, lost Coco's Mexican restaurant, enjoying our lunch on Sunday after, right, that Saturday night perf. Sunday, we're back home. You, you know? got to stop with all the free advertising for these people. Well, is it really that free? I, I mean, gotta draw the line. Well, no, just wait till we have the conversation about what it costs you to be here when we're done. But yeah, really, does it cost quite a bit? At least a head horse. Gee, many Christmas! Wow, that's impressive. I didn't say how good of a head horse, just right. a head horse. <laughs> well, in today's market, I yeah. know, but that's still pretty high. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, again, it's always a down payment on a place. No, but you know, even then, you had a great week, and it was like, man, you're wore out, you're tired. It's like I don't want to chase. Like I didn't chase a steer for two weeks, you know, and just right. caught up on just Mister Mom and stuff, you know. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that's so hard about rodeo if you're doing it as a profession. It, it does take a lot from your family. Absolutely. So if you've got the right woman and you got the right family and they understand and they support that like that, that's something you got to hold on to. Well, honestly, then it makes, I mean, it puts in perspective now my job as far as how much responsibility really comes with it. You know, right. it's not all fun and games. It's not because it's the hardest thing in the world is whenever uh, I leave the house and then, you know, maybe the youngest has gotten sick and, and she's. She's sick. The other one's crying. Everybody's upset at the ranch. And uh, she's like, what are you doing? Well, me and the guys are fixing to go play golf. Um, I don't have anything left to do today. So we're going to go do that. And then I'll, uh, you know, got to do chores later. So, yeah, you know, that's the hardest phone call to make. But, <laughs> no, it takes the right kind of person. Honestly, I mean, and Steph, she's supporting my day. She's a bell racer. She gets it. And, yeah. you know, we've definitely been on this journey the whole way. Yeah. We've been since, so, yeah, so since 08, because, honestly, I wanted to get her the ring that she deserved, not the one I can afford. And I know there was a huge difference at the time. Mm-hmm. So I waited until I finally 
could get it. That's it's. I like how you completely looped back around to that just to cover that. It's good. I hope. Well, she no, because honestly, I hope she listens to the whole it, thing. It and taught me. That uh, it taught me. It taught me a very important lesson because you know I had a heel horse I was going to sell, mm-hmm. and that's how I was going to buy her ring. Mm-hmm. So had the heel horse sold. Now, sold means like he took him, but I don't have money in hand. That sounds like most horse deals. So I call. I, I have a buddy. He's like, man, I got the lady. Actually, right here in Dallas, matter of fact. He's like, I got the lady. I'm like, perfect. Hook me up. So I, I buy her whole ring over the phone, like sending mm-hmm. me pictures. And I'm like, because in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm going to spend $27.50. And I'm going to buy like a, probably like, I don't know, some kind of six carat, you know what I mean? Kind of flawless. <laughs> uh, I, I know she doesn't like the squ- totally square one, but maybe the one that's a little bit more round, not really emerald. And I want it flawless, great color. Yeah. You know, and my budget's $1,200. And so after that, lady laughed for the first 30 minutes and explained to me that, I explained to her that I have no idea what I'm doing. So just walk me through this. Please don't take advantage of me. And I'm giving you the reins on it. So she would send me and we'd built this ring together. And well, then next thing you know, like it's, it's costing a lot more than I had intended. Now, now, sure now I'm, you know, they say, what is it? Three months pay. Well, like <laughs> rodeo cowboy, that might be 12 bucks. That might be 12 million. You know what I mean? You don't know what it is. <laughs> so, so, so I'm three times my budget now. And it's like, crap, it doesn't matter. Well, my dream, it's the only ring I'm ever going to buy. I'm not buying another one after this one. So right. here you go. And uh, horse sale backs out. Beautiful. Yay. But what it did was it showed me, like, when I, have, when I have a vision, I have something I need. What also happened was I won every time that I went somewhere for a solid month. And I kept stacking it back. Like, I just put that cash, and it was in the bottom of my drawer in my living quarters. I had a small living quarters at the time. So we're headed to the Americans, the first trip I've ever taken to the American, right? Mm-hmm. It's 2015. And it was the first year they had the big ice storm to the American, right? Like, right. just terrible. And Steph drives down with both dogs. Come down there just to watch me at the American. And I had stopped on my way in. I got supposed to drive to this high-rise tower and pick this ring up. And I've just got, she's like, how are you paying? I said, I don't know. I got cash in the bottom of my deal. So she, I called her. I said, ma'am, I'm not going to be able to make it. And I was in Waxahachie, Texas. And she drove down there and met me, her and her husband, the nicest people. I start my generator. We pulled into the Super 8 Motel in Waxahachie, Texas. So now every time I drive by it, I point. I said, that's where I bought my wife's ring right there. She comes down. It was so cute, too, because she's she's got it out. And, man, she's giving the presentation. I mean, I've already bought it. So, you know, she's telling me all this and that and blah, 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 blah. And here's this, what you need to turn into your insurance to buy insurance for it, blah, 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 blah. And, and, uh. Her husband's over there just counting the money, you know. It looks like we got the worst deal going in walks ahead, but not you know, bad stuff doesn't happen. It doesn't in look like you're buying a ring. So. It looks like you're buying one of their other yeah. exports there. In and I told Dad, I called Dad. I was so excited. I finally got it bought. And he said, "Son, she won't make it out of the parking lot without you asking." Because I'm like, now I got to plan the perfect day. And then it just hit me like when she drove through an ice storm to come out here and hang out. Like mm-hmm. you just go to this rodeo. Yeah, you deserve to wear that. So yeah, yeah, that's how I did that. I've literally never heard anybody explain the process of buying their engagement ring better. That was yeah, that's, something. Well, because when I won the George Strait Open, what 2010. You know, we have $80,000, new truck and trailer, like, life's good. Yeah. And I asked her right then, I said, do you want, you know, like I said, we're starting to build on this place, and uh, it doesn't have water, it doesn't have, it's a hay meta. Yeah. You know, the, the road itself costs $25,000. Yeah, you got to do well, cost, you got to do leach field, you got to do the whole thing. Right, so, like, I mean, we've got out. everything, like, and, and it's me. So now when stuff goes wrong, like the water line's leaking out there, I'm like, I know that crew that put it in, and they weren't worth a damn, so that's my fault. <laughs> yeah. Because I did it. Like, oh, right. yeah, I wasn't supposed to throw the rocks on top of it. That's my bad. <laughs> but anyways, when, I, when we won the straight, that's one thing I asked her. I said, do you want a ring or do you want a barn? And she said, well, I want a barn. And that's why I knew she was the one. Right yeah. There, 2010. So there you have it. Yeah. So we built her place and then I went ahead and got married. Yeah. Well, actually, when you break it down like that, it's kind of hard. See, to it made sense. I wasn't just some crazy cowboy that had his Capri camper plugged in over there at the light pole, you know, was mm-hmm. just like, well, this is the dream right here. No, like we were actually building towards something, working for something. That's why 
every dollar I've ever made roping, it's always gone to that place, gone to the cows, expanding the ranch, buying more acreage, buying some rent houses, having this and that, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's what you have to do, right? If you're going to use rodeo as a tool, right, instead of a dream, because, I mean, it can be both, right? You can have yeah. a dream, but you got to use that as a tool. Like, if you have the opportunity to go and win $80,000, don't blow $80,000, no, it's an you investment know, towards the next. It. This is an investment towards the next thing. You know, some people don't realize there's a second half of your life, like we were saying earlier. Right. And you know, being a guy who understands that, and, and also thinking about what you were saying, I'm I'm thinking like, man, what should he do when he's done rodeo? And and then we were talking about Clinton Anderson. Well, Clinton Anderson loved training horses, right? But he didn't. He's like, I'm going to drop that and I'm going to create this whole environment where well, I can it, be a it clinician. Well, it presented itself. I mean, it that's did. one thing that was it intriguing did. about his interview is how it came came to fruition himself. And, and actually my favorite, I got to tell this one to you. Yeah. This is my favorite Clinton Anderson moment ever. So my mom, we bought, I mean, imagine like we had the rabbit ears all of my life mm-hmm. until she discovers down under horsemanship. Now we've got <laughs> dish. RFD TV. Boom. We are every day. And she DVR, our whole DVR was just stacked with down under horsemanship. And at the time I'd gone to college at Northwestern Oklahoma state and, uh, my best friend in life, Kevin Foraker, he's moved in. I hate to even use his name on this. To, I'd kind of like to protect the name of the innocent. But so he <laughs> moves in my house, my old bedroom. And uh, so he had a horse. Now, to him to tell it, this horse had jacked with him. <clears throat> and so to hear my mom tell it, he'd forgot. I don't know how exactly it goes down, but he leaves the horse tied up all night saddled. Had water, but he was, you know, at the patient's pole, if you will. So my mom. Speak of the devil. That's hilarious. Yep. So my mom, actually, she, the next morning, 6 a.m., she's out the door. She sees this horse. And I'm telling you right then, goes in, gets Kevin up out of bed. You unsaddle that. Well, Melly, I was trying to teach you. He says, nope, you unsaddle that, Marion. You be at the house tonight when I get home. Yes, ma'am. Well, then Kevin, you know, throughout the day, he's got his whole evening plan. Huge blowout party down there in the middle of town. He's got kind of everything going his direction, if you will, for the evening. So he goes in, does George eats dinner. Mom, nothing and not a word said. And he goes, well, Spike, all right, I'll see you later. I'm headed out. She goes, whoop, sit down right here, Kevin. And she began his journey on the Down Under Horsemanship Marathon for the next six hours. <laughs> I was like, hey, how was the party going downtown? He's like, dude, are you kidding me? Spike's had me hemmed up in here. I've been watching Clinton Anderson for six hours. He said, I tried to explain that that mare bucked me off four times, but she wasn't having it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually my huge introduction to Clinton Anderson. Oh, well, he's, God, he's one of the guys that, Everybody has to listen to, but I mean, his whole thing with that down under horsemanship on RFD TV, like what it took him to get that going, it cost oh. him a fortune. The network didn't pay him. He paid the network. You know what's amazing about that though? And like, and I talk Shane Boston, I talk about this all the time. You, you have to be willing to bet on yourself. Yeah. Believe in it. And that's why I think you got to find something you're passionate about, man. If you're passionate and I think he said it best, I mean, I don't really want to repeat the examples he gave, but like if find something you love and go to it. Yep. Find, it'll find you'll find a way to monetize it but find something you love because if you're not gonna if you don't love it you're not paying a network you know what i mean and you're not gonna gamble on yourself near as hard if I mean, you that's don't a love huge what gamble, you're doing right because that's that's something that that's not normal right the network right. pays you they approach you they want that but he's like i gotta get my message out there i gotta grow this business and i can think of Took one a huge way gamble to on do it. it well it's the better myself go to a tv network and pay them six figures a year to air my show in the hopes that i'll sell enough bits hats spurs whatever else run off programs run off if you will yeah Yeah. my programs to justify having spent that money very few people are willing to bet on themselves that much you kidding you know but it's no different than back into the box i mean Derek begay his his some of his stories are so great about the money he didn't have and the you know leveraging stuff he didn't have to like try to make the finals right Absolutely. He, he told this story about 
how he had 80, 90 bucks in his, in his account going to Cheyenne. He spent 70 of that 80 bucks buying dinner, made an excuse for why he couldn't split the fuel and then goes and wins Cheyenne and then gets to go to the next one. And like, <laughs> you got to have the balls to right. do that to get anywhere, whether that's in the business room, if that's, if that's just sitting down and planning out your goals. If you don't have the stones to back into that box with everything you do and throw your whole freaking rope out there, you're not going to, you're just not going to cut it. And you're going to be just like the other 7 billion people out there who don't do shit. What was it? Minnesota fats at one set one time said pressure is having a $40 shot on the eight ball and only have a 20 in your pocket. Yeah. I mean, that's how we live though. Every day, you know, I think where I got ruined on rodeo and where I absolutely fell in love with it was uh, the first year we ever took off and went like to Dodge City and then Justin Turner, my dear friend, raised me up from the time I was, I don't even know, 14, 15, started hauling me. It's my first trip out there. I have no idea how much it cost. You know right. what I mean? And back then, you know, they could, you could get paid at the rodeo, right? That was the right. full rodeo pay. So, And uh, you'd hope to win something at Colby at the beginning of the week so we'd have money the rest of the week. You know, by the time we get to Dodge City, we can eat a steak maybe. <clears throat> well, I hadn't had that kind of week, and I got to Hardner, Kansas. I had $3 left in my pocket, $3, mm-hmm. and I went and bought two hot do- or one hot dog and two bottles of water, and I loved every minute of it. You know, we're like Jake and I were talking the other day by the time we pulled into Denver couldn't afford a hotel room yeah we're trying to count change the lady we have to pay her cash that's what the deal was we had the money I mean we had the money as a time we didn't have as T-Way would say but you know we're trying to get this room we're trying to talk her in and let us check in kind of late it's like four in the morning like please don't charge us last so much for last night and let us have a little deal at it now and she had bright pink hair I'll never forget it real spiked up she said if you can pay me cash mm-hmm I can do this. And we're like, yeah. Jake's like, I got it. And he went and got, I kid you not, two crown roll bags full of nickels. First of all, he doesn't drink, and I don't know where he got the crown roll bags. And they are, <laughs> and we're just one, two, three. How many nickels are in a dollar? Okay, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> I mean, just sliding it under. And this poor lady's just like, I should let y'all just have the room, you know? But yeah, and I told Jake Long, I said, man, that, that was my, those are some of my favorite stories the other day. And he said, man, why? Wow, was broke? Like, that's terrible stories. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, all, it's all about perspective, right? It's like you get through those hard times, and then you've always got that to look back on. You like, bet. Oh, man, we made it through that or this. You I bet. mean, the last two years are a perfect example if you have a business. I mean, it, it was so brutal right. for people who have businesses, especially depending on what your business was. Like my business was housed right down here in Fort Worth, right down the street. Got a better place now, but it was a real shithole. And it was right down the street from the studio. And it got so bad here. Like the mayors were telling you what you could and you couldn't do, and you get a notice slapped on your business, non-essential. Can't mm. open, which means you can't pay your people, which means you can't turn your products into profit to be able to pay those bills. Because that's the one thing that never, never stopped during this whole COVID mess is, well, the internet bill, the electric bill, the rent, right. the payroll, that stuff doesn't turn off, right? And if you do turn it off, you're hurting people. So you're holding this whole bag of bullshit and you have somebody telling you that, hey, you are not allowed to operate because of this or that. Mm. And it's really hard to get through those times, right? I mean, it got so bad for us that we ended up taking my whole staff from the other company and sitting them at this table during the day because we had a bunch of other things happen because of COVID where we couldn't get permits and things like that. And, you know, you get stuck in a situation where you only have one option, and that's to go forward. Or you might as well just go find the tallest bridge and jump right off. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, just like everything else, you got to learn to embrace the suck, you know? And I think the last couple of years has taught us, like, anything can happen. And that's what, like, no business is safe. And that's one thing about rodeo, man. It, it brought into perspective that, like, yeah, it, it, it's not perfect and it's always great. And there's, I don't have a 401k that I'm paying into. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, I don't have all these things that a company can provide. But at the end of the day, you know, I make, I make off of how bad I hustle, you know? And when COVID hit, I'd bought a skid loader. 
and I'm running around the ranch and, and my banker actually, this is an awesome story. He, he tells me, he's like, Hey, would you ever be willing to like put that thing to work and come over and I got some brush piles I need to clean up on a place. I'm like, yeah. you bet, man. Absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah. And I said, you know, he tells, well, the guy that had that rig that you'd had, you know, before you, he, he used to charge me whatever, 85 an hour or something, hundred an hour. And I said, well, man, I'm honestly, I'm not going to be quite as fast. I'm not as good. And I'm trying to do him a good job. And I thought it'd be important to show your banker, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make money. You know, I'm not just a cowboy that's just going to sit on the side and be like, well, I can't work, you know. That's so, right. Uh, I was like, this would be a great idea. So if he calls me, I'm like, hey, by the way, you know, I can put something on it, but I ain't got it. Mm-hmm. Perfect backstory, you know. So, right. So I'm like, absolutely. I'll be out there. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it $20 an hour cheaper because I'm not going to be as fast. You that's know, right. First few times. So the first hour and a half I'm there, I've knocked the track off my skid loader. I had to learn how to put that thing back on. I had another guy show up, help me put that on. And then finally I'd gotten going again and I'm a shaking branches out and I knocked the <laughs> front window out of that thing, shattered it. And I learned one thing that right then I do not start jobs on a Saturday. I will not charge people on a Saturday to mm-hmm. do anything like that's I'm terrible. So anyways, I come pulling in. I'll never forget it. Cause I come pulling in. My wife is standing on a bucket, roping the, roping the calf, roping dummy. She was going to start breakaway. Mm-hmm. And I pulled in, looked at her, and thought, I've been at work all day. She's been out here just roping all day. That's This is nonsense. This is backwards, and I don't like it. <laughs> but that's what the first day, I think it cost me $1,700 to go to work. Yeah. So That's business. That's business, got to spend it? money to make it. I hear, I, I am heartbroken. I'll never yeah. forget, I called Shane Boss, and he said, that's the first day. He goes, that's the first day on the job, hand. The only one way to go, you got to make it come back. And that's, that's right. exactly what it is. Well, and that's what's great about rodeo, right, is it teaches you, like, the lowest of the possible lows. And most of the time, if you're a rodeo cowboy, your lowest or your lows are involved in rodeo. It's the same stories. You're counting, right. you're counting change to get a hotel room. You're betting on or leveraging money you don't have, which one of the things that makes me real sad, because I mean, I got every meaningful person in my life has something to do with freaking horses. And you'll you see seem people, very stilted towards it. Like, in all, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't necessarily love horses. No, you I love, love rodeo and like the business side of it. Like, I do. Uh, what I love more is the people. Right. And what I don't like is people suffering because one, they won't educate themselves or two, there's not enough support for them. So when right. I'm saying this stuff, it's more from like an educational standpoint. Cause I know there's hundreds of thousands of people who are about to hear it. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha, so gotcha. if I can approach it from two different, like there's one thing to romanticize something and there's another thing to be real about it. And right. then you kind of, at least the way that I think the best way to present information is you bounce between the two. I love rodeo more than any sport on planet earth. If there's anything I could do to help rodeo. I'm going to do it. That's why I do this. Gotcha. I don't take a dime out of this, even though it makes plenty of dimes. Right. Because I don't think that's correct. Like, I don't think it's right for me to pull money out of this, you know, at least not right now. We got people, staff we have to pay and all that, but it would make me a hypocrite. So I wouldn't do that. I think one of the most admirable things somebody can do is is go and win a gold buckle with integrity. I think it's amazing. I think that person should be admired till the end of time. What I don't like is if they go do that and they don't make themselves accessible to anybody. Right. Right. So when rodeo's over and the gold buckle tarnishes, like, what do they have? Well, they don't have anything. And you, you want right. to talk to some of these people who've won five, six, seven, eight of them. You know, listen to Joe B. He's the most straightforward guy about the reality out of everybody. I think it's important if you're going to sell the dream or the membership that you tell them what it costs. And nobody who's selling that dream well or that membership is going to do that. So if I come across this stilted or maybe a little, uh, well, no, a little I just said in the Clinton Anderson one, I got, yeah. I just because honestly, like I had no idea. Yeah. And honestly, when the first time he says calls your name Conradu, I'm like, yeah. oh, well, I thought maybe he was related to Ivy. Like you know what I mean? I had no idea. Like, yeah. Sister. In yeah. in full like in full disclosure. Yeah. So then when I hear you talk about, it, I thought, wow, like he doesn't really like rodeo. No, love but that's rodeo. great. That's why I wanted to ask you that. I didn't. Now, there, there's more to that, right? It's, right. It's that uh, I had a big jealousy issue with Ivy. Because we ran a barrel a, a barrel racing outfit, and I love rope calves. Oh, which I means gosh. we never had freaking good calf horses. So every time I wanted to rope calves, it was a pain in the ass, right? Or, or I would put everything I had into it, and it would screw me over, right? So yeah, I was a little, 
negative towards it because it burned me so many times. And it wasn't it that burned me. It was me that burned me because right. I wasn't prepared, which is why I talk about guys being prepared because I had debts. I put money, you know, trusted people with horses, drove from Denver to Stephenville to pick up a calf horse that was a donkey, just did all these different things chasing rodeo. Rodeo is what you did. Yeah, chasing <laughs> rodeo. And, and I did it in a way where it really screwed me up. I got you. And the difference is, is like, a guy like you or a guy like Billy or anybody in the top 15 or has been to the NFR and has been successful at it, that's the minority. And what I think it's important to do is not over-romanticize something that not everybody can do because it just hurts people, right? So if you're like right. me and you're not – and here's the reason why I didn't succeed at it because I didn't put it all on black and go for it. I was like, I'm going to dabble in it. That's, you know? Okay, that's what I was fixing to say. Yeah. Wasn't people, confident enough. You can't to do have it right. one foot in and one foot out. That's what I did for you, years, man. You like, can I thought that I would have had. I mean, I missed the finals in 07 by four thousand dollars. Yep. I thought, man, 08 is going to be a breeze. Right. And then here I am, fourteen before I ever make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two thousand fourteen. So that that's what people don't understand is, and that's what they don't understand the commitment to it. Like if you're going right. to rodeo, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this dream. And I used to be kind of the same. I was it, stilted towards it. I don't know. Probably the lie. best. It's probably the best dream. When you I'm making one hundred and fifty dollars a day working for my dear friend Scott McGill, putting up you know metal buildings. That's right. And I mean, you're working. You know, I mean, you're working. I'm over there on trying to learn how to walk on top of rafters and do all kinds of stuff. I'm like, this is stupid. And I'm driving the George Strait truck every day to work, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, man, I used to be good at something else. and But no, I was stilted towards it. I did not like it. I mean, but then when you realize two things, and I believe this is a wholeheartedly, it doesn't matter what aspect in life you're at. And I think this is why I'd keep an optimistic view towards things, is if you want something, you write it down. You talk about it. You think about it. You envision it. Because one of two things is going to happen. Like, if I write that dream down every day, it's either going to happen or I'm going to quit writing it down. Those are your two choices. That's, That's it. right. That's and right. And so people that want to rodeo and do this, they under, they need to understand, no, you're not going to see mom and dad. And I'm tired of hearing about this guy would make it if he had X, Y, and Z because nonsense. I didn't have X, well, Y, and Z. Well, how many guys are it. you buddies with or friends with? You know, we're like, well, man, I could rope with the best of them. I could do this with the best of them. I just, you know, this or that. And it's like, man, no, probably you couldn't. Right? No, Eastern Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. well, honestly, Eastern Oklahoma was full of talent that never made it. You know what I mean? I mean, that. For variable reasons, you know what I mean? For all kinds of X, Y, and Z factors. The, the yeah. Why they didn't ever get out and do it. That's right. You know, and some people, but like, and I think uh, Buddy Hawkins and I had a great discussion one time about like measuring your own success. Like what, what may, what's your measure of success? Like, you know, you're just because that would be my dream for you doesn't mean that's your dream for you. Well, Buddy's so good about that uh, stuff because he, he's able to speak on that stuff. He's a real smart guy. He I, is I, super I really, smart. I really, really impressed when Buddy talks. He is the Swiss Army knife of healers. He can fix anything. Yeah. I opened up the door to my camper or my trailer one time, and the, the microwave door was off of it. Yeah. And I looked over, and Buddy Hawkins is wiring it. Like, for me, that is a major inconvenience. I need oatmeal every morning, you know, because I can only have X amount of calories, and i got to have them done by lunch and this right. and that. So I'm like, oh, boy. Yep. And I look over, and Buddy Hawkins is hot wiring in a converter or a charger or mm -hmm. something. He's got, and I'm like, well, if you can handle that. He's cool as shit. And I I'll be danged dude. if he doesn't have it. Like, he has a bolt, he has a hacksaw, and he has my whole deal fixed mm -hmm. that fast. I'm like, yep. holy cow. Dude's got a brain. Oh, super brain. Yeah. You don't want to talk numbers with him. He will nope. know it off the top of his head. No, and talk right about now. a guy who understands how to utilize rodeo to get, you know, to his goals. He talks Absolutely. About that stuff. He's just, people should listen to him. Just well, like that, they should I, listen to you. And I love, and that's what, but like Buddy Hawkins to me is a prime example. Like, I, I grew up around Buddy. I say that, I mean. The first time I saw him, he was 15, 16, maybe 17. Yeah. And I had no idea who he was, and he roped really good. I mean, you could see it at a young age earlier. And so mm -hmm. if that guy can go make the national finals, because he didn't have anything. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't don't give me your excuses about you don't have the horse, your money, your support, the header, the this and that. Like, That's well, right. guess what? When we all start, nobody has that. It's just who's willing to write that dream down every day and see it come through. Well, and it's easy as a healer specifically to be able to kind of make 
some excuses because as a healer, you're kind of you're starting a little farther back because you got freaking wealthy healers paying people to head for them, right? Uh-huh. Doing these different things. So if you're a guy who doesn't have a lot of money, no, and that's you an heal. interesting thing. That, yeah. and I just want to pick your brain on it. <clears throat> yeah, you know, you see people get paid all the time to rope with people, right? You do, but you don't see a lot of them come back out of that. No. Okay. Like, and I mean, you don't like they're not at least not to the status they were before that. So do you think a little bit of financial security is almost hurtful in an aspect when you're a competitive person or a healer or this and that, whenever you're having to put the bread on the table, you got to look at it through two, at least from two different aspects. Right. Cause that's a, that's a bird in the hand versus a, you know, bird in the bush situation. Right. Like it, and, and that's another thing about talking about the future. Like if somebody sees that you're kind of guy who's the only people you're going to rope with are the guys who are going to pay you. Well, when you're done with that and you want to go like, let's, well, say, no, like let's say you turn somebody down. Just their skill set is yeah. what I'm talking about. Like they don't have that same killer instinct type. You know what I mean? Well, you, so they you don't know what they say, well you know what they say about competition, right? So you either elevate or you, or you go down to your level of competition. Right. So if you're a world champion healer and you're open with some, some low number new guy, it's, they're going to take something away from your open from doing that. For sure. Right. Just like if you were to, let's say you're an NFL football player and then you go and you go play in the Canadian league you're not going to be that same monster. Or even be on NFL. one of these teams that starts trying to tank. You know same, what I mean? Same you thing. get robbed you of your whole that. career right there. Boom. So if you're if you're a world champion healer and you go and you start roping with rich guys who who can barely turn you a steer and you're just kind of going through the motions, yeah. you're you're going to lose an element of your edge in your game that you might not ever get back. Right. So I think, it's a, I think it's a long-term mistake, especially depending on what your goals are. But, you know, if some guy's going to say, I'm going to pay you 5000 bucks to go rope with me at these, uh, at these World Series rope-ins, that's all cool. That's great. But you're not going to be the same guy. You're open a slower steer. You're open with a slower guy. Like it's just not the same game. And then that becomes That's a, checkers, not chess. That that becomes a whole other uh, issue of like, well, we'll define your success, man. Like, yeah, you know, if you're guaranteed but, but X amount time, and that makes you happy and like you've done the goals you want to do, you know, like when Speed Williams, like he does a great job teaching. He can make. He I mean he does a great job, and he is. I mean, he's been doing it the longest. The so. silliest, smartest guy on it, you know. But if people always tell the time, well, he didn't have it. Like whenever he came back, he tried to come back. He was going to win the ninth gold buckle, and then you know, come April, he goes home. Mm-hmm. Right. And for whatever reasons, I'm not going to discuss what, you know, why or why he didn't work out, but I'll tell you what, and everybody say, well, he just didn't have it anymore. Nonsense. You take, I think there's an element of, you take the schools away. You take the ability to make a living for your family doing something else away. And like, you only got that head rope again. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way you could stop that guy. You no. know what I mean? It's still in there. And that's one thing Jake and I talked about, you know, you see me now doing, you know, when I do the Toter Tales deal, it's 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 merely for the people who love following me. That's well, it, and right? It's like I'm not like I, that, and I'm not fake. That's exactly who I am. And you know, I'm I'm a fairly optimistic person, and I kind of chuckle a lot. I'm not saying I'm not an angry individual. I'm not saying I'm not a competitive person. Like right, like last night, I was mad that I missed, physically mad. But I understand now more about myself that it is not the result that I've got to lean on. It is the process of which I and dive everything into. You got to be able to break yourself down like you're a math problem and take stuff out with zero emotion because that emotion is what gets a guy in trouble. When I start getting mad, it shuts off the part of my brain that allows me. Yeah, you're rational. I call sense. it going yeah. full Mays County, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> when you get snapped off full Mays County, I can't get better, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, I, I looked at the way I was talking to myself. You know, I wouldn't talk to, I wouldn't let anybody talk to me that way. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't talk that way to anybody. And here I am doing that to myself. So I learned that now I've got to make myself, A, I got to make myself feel better and kind of get back up to where I got to calm down enough that I can actually look and learn something. And I learned, man, like, I need to cut that fat out of there. I need to cut that wasted time out. So, yeah, that's why I smile. I forced myself to smile. You think I wanted to smile last night when I missed that sucker? Absolutely not. But I forced a smile on my face because I understand that is a part of me getting better. I dive into the process of what went wrong. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, you have to compartmentalize in whatever you're doing. And if you don't, then you're just going to suffer. And then your performance is going to suffer time and time and time again, which then means in turn your life is going to suffer. Right. Right. And here's the reason that I wanted to do this show when I started it so bad. One, I had no idea it was going to be as wildly successful as it is. That's great. Not why I did it. It's because there's nobody from our industry. You can go to any other sport, any other industry, and you'll hear people who have done it, are doing it, or will do it, are talking on big platforms about this stuff. Right. What you don't have is you don't have a rodeo cowboy like you or, or somebody like Clinton Anderson who sits down and is just freaking real with people and explains what it takes to be financially successful in the horse business to be a successful rodeo athlete like no one wants to do that some guys can't verbalize it like you can or clinton anderson can or even i can like at least in a way where it's palatable to people and they get something out of it so going back to what you said about kind of feeling a certain way about rodeo my only issue with rodeo is i don't feel like the athletes get enough yeah right the fact that that someone like Sage Kimsey can throw up to a rodeo and there's no appearance fee when you know good damn well a lot of people are there just to watch him or whoever. They need they need compensation. The money's there, right? right? So that's an issue I have is that the that there's some mismanagement involved in the industry. The other thing that I have is competitors want to bitch about this and that, and you know that, right? But nobody wants to throw their hat in the ring and actually stand up for what they think should be done. They just want to talk about it. So that's another issue I have with it. And then the other thing is some people leverage their entire life on it and never think about what's coming next. I, mm -hmm. I'll never, ever say names, but I have great friends who have multiple world championships who are working at freaking feed stores or working jobs at the second half of their life. And that's one of the saddest things in the world to someone like me is to see people that you care about, that you know did stuff that most people could only dream that they'd be capable of even attempting, right? You know that. You won the American. I mean, for God's sakes, that's the biggest thing somebody can do monetarily in rodeo in one shot and it would be a huge tragedy if you weren't as intelligent as you are and you fucked that whole thing off, excuse my language, and then your life sucks. The second half of your life well, you I think, sucks. You know what I finally, you know, the waking up in the middle of the night and you call all your buddies that have money, you know, like Shane Boston told me, he said, son, be careful. They said, that's that's not that much money. No. And it ain't. I mean, like, it's the most money I've ever seen in my life, and it's the two coolest checks I've got up there in my upstairs, you know, movie right. room right next to my golf simulator. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I can look at it every day. But, right. Oh, they're cool to look at, but at the end of the day, it was like, finally I had to realize, be happy with where you put it. You know, right. if you're happy going out, like which right now is a terrible example because my man John Wayne's at home having to take care of the cows while it's snowing and stuff. Right. <clears throat> but, like, I'm happy out there with those cows. Yeah. So put it places that you know. Put it places that you see. And then I'm happy paying bills around those cows. Yeah. <clears throat> I think but, that's the, the most important thing that could ever be said. As long as you're happy with it. Like I it's think I, I have a such a you know, Jake and I talk all the time about 
you know, our, our approaches are different. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy-go-lucky, I'm, you know, and I on the surface. And so you could mistake me as not being that competitive sure. of a person, right? No, but I just realized I don't operate well in those other – you know, we were we were roping together. Jake, you know, he kind of verbalized that he would like to see me get mad and know really? that it bothered me, right? And so then I was like, okay. Is so that because then, he thinks maybe you're not taking it as serious? Right, and I know that that's how people can view me. But then, you know, I think that's what first taught me. Like, I don't operate well like that. I'll never forget we were at Mineral Wells, Texas, and I missed one. And I looked, and like, we, like, locked eyes after I missed. And I, not that Jake was mad at me for missing, and not that I would really care if he was. Like, you know, we grew up with, like, basically brothers. So Yeah. But, like, we lock eyes, and the first thing I said, I suck. Like, it just like a scolded puppy. And I'm like, right then was like, this is not how I do well. Right. You know, what is success to me? Hey, if I win five gold buckles and I go work, I'm one day, I know I mentioned my Los Cocos Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. I tell everybody when I retire, I'm gonna wait tables in there. Yeah. Right. Will that be sad? If you look at it, you're like, wow, Coleman Proctor, world champion team roper, won the American, done all this. Without context. He's working over sad. there. But like, Hey, that's, that's my end goal. One day I'm going to have a 72 Chevelle. I'm going to have one heel horse and I'm going to have a set of golf clubs and I'm yeah. going to wait tables. Yeah. Right. Like I, because and I, Steph hates it when I say that she's gonna love that part. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but but like to me, like that would be happiness. Sure, right? Like that would be like you got to define it for yourself, and then what are you willing to pay it? You know, pay for it. Yeah, and well, and so for me, I'll speak on it too. Like the reason I decided to give up the the goal at rodeos because I finally took a realization. I had put I had just got done putting shoes on two horses that didn't belong to me, getting their teeth floated. They spent money I didn't have to do it. Left for a little while, came back, and those horses were gone. And that's when I made up my mind that this stops. Right. And because I was betting on what other people were going to do for me because I couldn't do it for myself. Oh. And it. Uh, Sharp it, words. It was Great a, words. It was a really, really rude awakening for me because I had left. I had left Colorado, come to Texas, came back. Those two horses were gone. I had been riding them. One of them had was a heel horse, was starting to rope, trying to rope calves on. The other one was a horse that the family had had. I came back. I had spent $250 on each horse on their shoes and $200 on their you know, getting their teeth floated. So a thousand bucks gone. Over a thousand bucks, 24 years old, didn't have it. Um, had a new baby, had, had a, a <laughs> wife that I was a, basically, I'm going to be real honest. Like I was, it was basically, I had made sure that that marriage was about to end. Luckily it hasn't. We're happy now, but, right. and I had an opportunity to go start a business with somebody and I, my back was up against the wall and I had run the last nine, 10. This was when Ivy first started making her success. I had already, I had quit rodeoing like four or five different times. Like a lot of people had right. just because, you fall in and out of love with her. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. Well, and, and turns out my heart wasn't in it enough to stay in love enough to not, you know, go work a job and then try to rope in the evenings. That doesn't work. Yeah. And, uh, but then like, but honestly, when you got bills to pay, that's what you got to do. You do. Yeah. And, and that's, and everybody doesn't start in the same place and everybody's journey is not the same and that's okay. And that's another thing I try to get across because people romanticize the rodeo so much that they let it screw up their self-worth. Right. Like they really do. Like if you're not a world champion, you're not in the NFR, but you're going to watch like for some reason you're not valuable. Right. And yeah. I think it's not okay for people to feel that way, which is why I come at it from the direction that I do. Cause when I decided to do that, I went and I started this business in Texas with nothing, borrowed money to do it with somebody. Somebody allowed me the opportunity to own a, own a business with them, and then I paid off debts and all that to get it done, which then opened me up to where I had money to do things. Not six years later, now I've got this, right? Now I can buy horses. Now I'm <laughs> able to do things. Now it's a pleasure. Now it's, it's not a, pleasure, a necessity. Which means if you sacrifice whatever that is, or let go of certain dreams, that's also okay. There's another way to get back into it. But do you think that like in a weird way, like rodeo prepared you for what was after, you know what I mean? Like making those hard decisions and and putting your back against the wall. Well, rodeo and then growing up in the Western lifestyle, your back's going to be against the wall pretty much the whole time. If you're training horses, 
for money, your back's going to be against the wall no matter what you do. All it takes is one thing to go wrong, one horse cutting their foot, one one person not paying you, and you're up shit creek, and you got to figure it out. So I admire people who are able to do that, right? I used to represent my dad a lot because I didn't like his methods. And now I realize, like, God, he was just doing whatever he had to do to try to keep it, keep, keep it the rolling. shit moving. And I may not have agreed with his methods, or, or maybe I didn't understand his motivations. Maybe he didn't, you know, I used to just be a little judgmental about it. I don't do that anymore. And again, you know, I'm, I'm older now, but my goal, the reason that I decided to stop doing rodeo and pursue something different is so that I could come back to it in the way that I wanted to, where I control the narrative. So wow. you either, you either start that way and you stick with it or you don't, you can come back. You know, I still, I will never forget. There was two, there's two instances that stick out very, very strong in my mind. One, I'd gone to heel for Speed Williams mainly mm-hmm. just to learn how to head. That's like right. I, under, I knew that I had a great professor in college that told me that, you know, I wanted to drop a class. Said, you know, rodeo kid. So you always take 18 hours and you'll weed it back to 15, make That's sure right. you're going to be eligible carrying your 12, you know. And I'll never forget, uh, Roger Fit. He says, How are you going to pass this class next semester if you take it? And I said, Well, I'll try harder. And he said, Coleman, you can try to run into a brick wall. And if you're not getting through it, you got to devise a different plan. So you come back to me with a plan on how you're going to do better next semester, and I'll let you drop this class. And I, it was genius speak, you know. And then so for me, I did not. I was missing the finals. I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. I knew there was one way to fix it. And I went to, to speed, and I went to healing for him just to learn how to head, just to see his process. Mm-hmm. Taught me so much. Well, then now he's going to give me a chance to heal for him. And I'm, it's 2012, so I don't even know how old would I have been there. Ten years ago, boy, 20, going on 27 years old. And – you know, here's an opportunity to go to heal for him. It's all, you know, all the hoopla, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, now I'm excited. I never really wanted to make the finals healing. And mm-hmm. in fact, I told Speedy when I got down there, he said, what are you doing? I said, I want to head for Jake Long again. I want to make the national final setting. Like, those are my two goals. Mm-hmm. I put my time in healing for him. It taught me a valuable skill set about these schools and these lessons and the doors that he's opened me and, and, and everything he taught me. And then he cuts me, right? Mm-hmm. That was a harsh reality right there. Here I am, U.S. finals. I had forgone the next year. I'm healing. I'm not even going to have a partner. And I'll never forget, Steph and I were sitting at Henry Hudson's Pub right after the open shootout, and we're sitting there. And I said, man, maybe this dream just isn't for me, you know? And we were just having a, a serious conversation about it, like not the how are you going to afford it conversation or this is dumb. It's just like, hey, the realization that maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you know? And I kind of lost that motivation. I'll never forget, Jake Longo's the finals. He had a terrible finals, and he calls me. Of course, in Vegas time, it's whatever – you know, one o'clock in the morning back home, it's three. I'm getting up in two hours, right? So <laughs> uh, I got to go to work over in for construction. I'm strapping down some steel today, you know. Yeah. We don't accept quality. You know, we, we don't sacrifice quality for nobody. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget he called me, and he's just – and and, and I, I, I was appalled by it then, but I understood it after having a few bad finals. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just the – the whole conversation of like, man, this sucks. Long two weeks. This ain't worth it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'll never forget. I had to go uh, do a fencing job and the alternator on the way home. The alternator had gone out. I had to stop buy a new alternator money. I didn't have putting this on a truck that I didn't even own is my father-in-law's at the time. And I'd been up there <laughs> doing this fence job. Boy, I got back and, and uh, Mickey Clayton, my neighbor, he's helping put this alternator on. Jake's been out the finals and griping the whole time because he didn't have a good finals and it's been bad and right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there, I was like, you know, Mickey, I, I just don't think it's worth it. You know, I was talking to Jake, and he said, uh, he said it's not even worth it. You know, mm-hmm. nobody really cares after you're done. And I yeah. will never forget these words. He's bent over putting this alternator on for me. I'm there just holding nothing, you know what I mean? And uh, he looks right at me, and he said, you know what, Jake can say that, but you can't. Mm-hmm. He's been there. He can, make that, he can make that assumption. You can't. 
And right. I, that was powerful stuff. That's huge. You know what I mean? That was powerful stuff. That's 2013. I made the finals the next year. That's you know? one of those things where if you really internalize it, you can do something. Absolutely. But I drew the line. I drew, but I think too, you got to draw your line in the sand. You know, I knew by the time Either I was 30, way. I knew I had talent outside of roping. I didn't know what that talent was. I didn't know how I'd ever make money with it. You know, I knew that worst case, I can go to work for Scott and make <clears throat> seven fifty a week. Right? Right. Like that was my, that was my jump off point. But I said, you know, when I'm 30 years old, if I haven't done it, then yeah. we're, then we're calling in, but I still, I still got fight left in me. That's right. You know? So I drew my line in the sand and I took a fire at it. And then I made the finals when I was 29. So that was huge, that is huge for me, and it was a building block for success in the future that if you put your mind to something, just like buying my wife's ring, if I put my mind to it, I can make it happen. I don't know how yet, right? But I got to see the vision of what I want. I got to see myself holding it, and I got to see myself getting there, and then I will find the way. Yeah, I mean, you literally, it sounds kind of woo-woo, but you have absolutely got to manifest your own destiny. That's the only way it works. Well, and that's what I thought Clint Anderson was so great the other day when he talked about Hey, this is a place you can do it to. I'm tired of hearing about how terrible America is and this and that, blah, blah. They always try to bring out, you know, and it is interesting as I start taking my government classes now that I'm back to being a college-educated man, uh, about how much they've tried to manipulate the media since they were signing the Constitution. You know what I mean? And oh, that's why the other day I was so, like, I've seen you guys catch so much crap on Facebook. I don't yeah. even know who those people were. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I didn't know no who they were. They and are. someone's going to say, you're a liar. You're, they buy your sister's horse supplements. But yeah, so does a thousand other people. <laughs> so does, hopefully, like 10 billion other people. Yeah. But no, I thought it was great. And, like, is, is you, you offer a platform to many different people. And I think that's yeah. amazing, right? Like, I think that's what you have to have. But, you know, Clinton said it best when he said, you think this place, uh, go somewhere else. Hey, mm -hmm. you're in America. I can make a living roping. I can make a living. Well, I can pay some bills waiting tables at Los Coco, right? Like, I can go make money doing what You'll I want to do. You'll never be homeless where if you I decide be. not to be homeless here. Right, There's exactly. There's places in this world where that's no matter a great what... Point. Where no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, no matter how great of a person you are, how skilled you are, you're never going to be able to make anything of yourself, which is why some people hop on a raft and, and try to paddle the United States. Yeah, they sacrifice everything. And then we have these politicians in this country who are praising these dictatorships, selling our land to these dictators. And, and, and then you've got a whole entire group of people who have no idea about our way of life, what we do, what we stand for, or what can be accomplished because they refuse to do it, that they'll praise these. I got a great idea. Let's institute Karl Marx's ideas in the United States. Yeah, that's States. worked. That's it, worked through history. That, that whole thing has worked great. That, that feels like running back it, into that wall like my professor said. 80 million, <laughs> you know what I mean? 80, 80 million people aren't dead because of that book. No way. I think we should do that in the United States. It'll work here. I, I, and I think that's one of the most dangerous things is when, you know, you start any kind, any kind of censorship is terrible. Like, I don't care. You know, I, I have to watch it because I have people that, you know, get on there and talk about rodeo and stuff and mm -hmm. this and that. And like one time I deleted their comment and I thought to myself, you know, that's terrible because that's not what I'm about. Like it, you're welcome to have your opinion because honestly opinions sitting down and having a conversation where we can both visit and you mm -hmm. don't think I'm the worst person in the world just because my opinion is different than yours. Yeah. Right. Like that's where we've gotten to in America. Well, our Feel number like, one amendment, the very first one is all about that principle. Absolutely. The first one. Why do you think they did that? Because if you silence people, you control everything. Exactly. So why do you think we've got an administration not trying to get political but their entire goal is to eradicate the First Amendment. They're going out there and trying to get rid of people who are. Well, and the problem is just asking. Change in history, man. Like, look how much the history books changed from like when we took school yeah. to now. You know, and you know, I look at my kids like, oh my gosh, like, where are they trying to go with it, man? If you forget history, you get straight Animal Farm style. I don't know if you've read that book. It's very intriguing. You're you know not. They I mean? don't even let you read that book in school anymore. But I got to read that when I was a, was a uh, I think a freshman in high school is maybe when. Because you know, book. and I think that's one thing I still love under this. I'm a huge, you know, we all love America. And uh, 
But you just think about the overreach you felt with the government telling you your, your business was not essential. Absolutely. Right? Like what? And I mean, you don't even know how to fight that fight. You don't even know who to call. Like what are we doing here? You yep. know, like then all of a sudden, I mean, that was just a, a small fraction of what a lot of people go through every day of their life That's that right. don't live here. So it's like, man, like you bash it all you want. And you try to say all this. You, you got, you know, people that don't like America. Like you say what you want. Go somewhere else. I mean, I think it's amazing the opportunities here. Just because amazing the opportunities that I've been afforded. From a little kid roping a dummy in the middle of his yard to be able mm -hmm. to be where I'm at now. Not even saying I'm wildly successful and I'm going to be able to retire and, and I have all these riches and all this That's gold. That's not like, the right, point, no. though, right? But I've been able to have a career and have a lot of fun doing exactly what I've wanted to do every day And you life. can't do it anywhere else. No. And so then that brings me to my final point on why jade jaded with the rodeo world with the cowboys with with that i'm so glad i asked you that question yeah. i was not trying to upset you at all you did I, not I, I wanted to have a, like a i really that wanted didn't to bother ask me. you that no i mean if i'm going to ask you transparent questions and i right. don't allow no, you to do good. the same what kind of a hypocrite am i but it goes to my final point on the issue is the most resilient people that i know and even some of the most intelligent people i know are in our world right, right. and you you can see all this romanticized stuff on a show like yellowstone has a bunch of flaws with that, but what it does is it romanticizes the cowboy and shows this element of what we are, whatever way you consider yourself to be a cowboy, if you're a cowboy, is that we're resilient and we can make a difference, but no one will. No one in this industry will stand up against any form of injustice in the world. They didn't want to know about it. In fact, I'll bring some some political people on this show, big ones, ones who are mm -hmm. running for governor, some that were in Trump's White House, some that were senators, and They'll sit here and listen to you and me BS about Mexican restaurants and roping. Hundreds of thousands of people will listen to these different episodes about that. But you put uh, someone who's running for governor in the state of Texas on, and they don't want to hear what he has to say. It's like, ooh, ooh, that I don't, I don't want to hear about okay. what's going on in the world. Why? Well, but see, the, because I think honestly, like I don't want to hear the nonsense about. It. Give me the information. Let yep. me, let me draw a conclusion. Too many people yeah. try to take the narrative away from the viewer, and that, to me, like that. The prime example was whenever Trump was running against Hillary back in 16. Mm -hmm. I had gone to buy a stock tank for some cows. And my father-in-law, who was alive at the time, uh, very educated man, very and the nicest man, never heard him say one bad word about anybody. Like, And he had plenty of reason, too. I mean, he had plenty of reason to say bad things about me, I'm sure, you know. And uh, the guy that we were dealing with, hard-loving Democrat, and he was a huge Hillary supporter. And I will never forget watching those two have a conversation and why one was voting for Trump, one was voting for Hillary. And they left there, they shook hands, they had a civil conversation. That's right. Where you, you gained from both of them. You know what I mean? You realize they both had knowledge to supply. And they left from there, and I will never forget my father-in-law talking about, that guy's got a lot of nice young bulls. You know, I really liked him. We'll have to come back and buy some more replacement bulls from him later. You yeah. know, and just, we've lost that element. It's either you or A or B, right? Yep. Hey, liberal, I'll be honest with you, liberals, to me, have had the worst connotation of the word, Right. Like in Oklahoma, of all places, they they you know there's people blocked on the road and this and that and beating on the trailers and and I don't even know the city, but it's just you look at it and then you get the word liberal associated with people like that and then you realize some of our founding people that started this country they were all liberals they just wanted the government to do their business was a liberal just to have enough authority to be able to run run the business but that's it stay out of my life the rest of the way right well, well liberals Democrats represented something different before the last two decades, last decade, right. really. It was a different thing, right? So the the workers' unions came from liberals. A lot of the, like, for the people, by the people stuff right. came from liberals. Good ideas. Now, granted, some really bad ideas came from the liberals as well, like, right. you know, the Ku Klux Klan and things well, like that. A lot I, of people I, don't I mean, realize I'm that. I'm not but saying all no, that. No, I know. I'm just, but they've completely forgotten all that, which hey, means— It shocked me when John yeah. Locke was a 
was a was a liberal. Like yeah. when I heard that, like in my in my psychology class, and I read that, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, here's a philosopher. Like, and I agree with a lot of what he's saying. Like, well, you there's know? a lot of uh, a lot of liberal principles that have been completely and totally just bastardized over the last ten years that make a lot of sense. You have to have that balance, and you I have think to have a core that, balance. That great word that you just say. It's the bastardization of the news that has Correct. just tilted us off. So mainstream know? media is the absolute killer. I mean, look what's happening to Joe Rogan right now, and oh. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about that on, a, on the next show we record with, with someone who can really speak on it as the biggest platform in rodeo. But right. um, to kind of finish that statement, the most resilient people in the world to me are cowboys. The boots and the hats that we wear mean something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time that we throw our boots and our hats in the arena and defend this freaking country. That's a great point. Whether it be on this platform, something like this, talking about it, or just educating yourself, going to the state, the county level, and do something about this stuff. Right, but I don't think people know how. Like, they don't, don't not enough people know how. Like, the people that you want, you know, I never forget, I stepped on a plane one time. Of course, we always fly. Always have your spurs on. And Mm -hmm. this lady was talking to me. They were losing their stuff because I was in the exit row. I will never forget this. And they said that I needed to take my spurs and turn them around so that when the plane crashed... And the chute comes out. I don't pop the slide, the slide for everybody. And I said, ma'am, with all due respect, why don't we not wreck this thing? One. And two, <laughs> I guarantee if there's another, if we have another hijacking type situation, you'll seek out the people with spurs on their boots. Right? They're not. That's my whole point. That, and so I just think the people that are the backbone of America, they don't know how to make a difference. Because too many of them are going to say, man, honestly... Without getting too political. Everything you need to know how to make a difference, you've got in your pocket. But you know what's sad is you don't believe about half of what you read, right? You don't. You, you only don't. believe about half of what you hear and about twice of what you see. You know what I mean? Because honestly, I don't care. I don't like getting into the talk of the, of the election, right? And everybody does. Nobody yeah. likes talking about it. Especially now. But my, yeah. my question about our whole election, right? When we, I, I watched it all night. I was so intrigued by it. I love politics. So do I. And yeah. so you watch it, second, and all of a second sudden... Second biggest passion in my life is politics. Then all of a sudden, we're going to cut... Okay, guys, we're cutting off the count at midnight, right? And we're going to start again at 6. Like, I had set my alarm. I had gotten up at 6 to start... Oh, wait. Whoa, hold on. We found a bunch more of this over here. And I'm like, man, that is why my dad taught me when you play cards, you never put your cards below the table, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get slapped at my house if you're in a pitch game, and you put, or if you tap your ring, right? Or, or when we're playing Monopoly on Thanksgiving, you don't... If we don't all simultaneously take a take a bathroom or drink break and let the banker sit next to the plate, right? Like you don't do that. And, and I right. thought, and so all of a sudden you lost integrity, and you realize that you gave you got a feeling that well, then what I say really doesn't matter, right? And it, it kind of gives a defeated feeling of like, what's the point in making a fuss about it because it's not going to make a difference. There is, and I think that's the problem with what you say, like not enough people. I mean, I think there's plenty of guys willing to throw their, their hat in the ring if there's a, a, a process and a way that they can they can make a difference and they see it. There, I mean, the only way that you can make a difference right now, because let's just be honest, there's so, there's so many inner workings that you wouldn't even know how to penetrate, is just have a voice. That's the only way that I know how right. that, that anybody can do anything is speak up against it. If you get enough people speaking up against it, then you're more powerful than the people speaking against you. Right. You're seeing that right now. CNN, their highest rated show has got 700,000 views. Right. And then you've got Joe Rogan, who his lowest rated show has 11 million. And then I love and then CNN they're right now. They're him. just almost like at each other's throats about, well, it's his fault. It's their fault. No, they have don't even seen, know. They're, they're eating themselves because of that. But have you we seen, can do the same thing. We can prevent you seen a lot the of new, this. Uh, the new Netflix show, Don't Look Up. Nope. I watched that the other day. Oh, my gosh. It is so comical. Uh, how parallel it, things seem to mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah, there's almost all these foreshadowing that they put out in movies and TV, and like you don't even see it. But you know the the whole you brought up Teton Ridge and Yellowstone and all that. I don't know if you see what everybody says about that. No, about the about Teton what, Ridge. No, I don't. Oh, it's pretty wild. But uh, oh, there's some conspiracy theory type shit. Is that what you're talking about? Huge conspiracy theory. Yes. Somebody posted something yesterday on Facebook, and I happened to fall into the rabbit hole on accident. <laughs> and this lady posted this whole thing. Whether or not they're right or wrong, it was amazing. It got shared like three, four thousand times right. about Teton Ridge and how they're actually China buying up U.S. ranches. Oh, okay. So I've, I've heard that. I've, I've heard that from people close to my community. Like right, people that mm-hmm. I would, people that I wouldn't assume. You know, because you got people that you'd be like, oh, yeah, of course they'd say that. But then you got. Yeah, and I mean, I could see where they, because everything's public information, I could see where they could go down that rabbit hole, right? So you look at Teton Ridge, and then you look at who owns Teton Ridge, Mm -hmm. and you look at who they sold their company to in China, and then they see words like, and this just comes to the sense where people don't understand anything about business, but they see foreign entity LLC. Well, they're assuming that means out of this country. Right. Foreign entity LLC in the state of Texas just means you do business outside of the state of Texas doesn't mean they're a Chinese company. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny and it, maybe they are, maybe it is, maybe, maybe, it is. maybe it's Chinese incels and it's all these things, but you know, and then they look at the guy who owns Teton Ridge, the main guy, and they see he sold his uh, production company to China. Right. Okay. But then at the same time, if you start searching his name, you can say where he openly speaks out against China coming to the U S to do business. So it's like, what do you believe? You don't really know. But I'll tell you what, if people were real worried about it and they get that phone call, they're going to sell that ranch in a heartbeat. Hey, that's, I mean, you so, saw it happen with medical marijuana plant growers mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, I mean, just started popping up overnight everywhere. They're everywhere. They just start coming. I mean, just each direction. And then now they've finally, like, I guess, I don't know if the, I'm not real into on the know. Right. Because people think that's a lot easier than what it is. Like, I have heck, you know. With my hay meadows, like keeping mm-hmm. them burned off the right time and yeah. getting the sage grass gone. Like I couldn't imagine trying to like, I had a buddy well, that got into it. Those are real sensitive plants apparently. Oh too. my goodness. Like, you got to be a mad scientist. Controlled. Like you got to be real. It, it's not like the it's not. <laughs> fantasy that everybody draws it up to be. But man, that's one thing. And then, then of course, then you hear the conspiracies about all that that's going down. That's right. Oh man, here we go. We're taking us over from the inside out. And then he starts, you know. You would never guess of seeing that, but then also I never thought I would see half the things that I've seen the past <clears throat> two years. So, I guess it's got us all just a little bit on edge. It does, yeah. And at the end of the day, the only thing that you can really do is just speak up against the things that you think are wrong and right. speak up even louder for the things you think are right. And that's just the end of the day. And that's the only thing I wish Cowboys did more is speak up because they're probably the most formidable people around, in my opinion, when it comes to just being hard. And you need hard people. You need hard men in times like these. You know, I think the hardest thing the though. Lead is we haven't in our, you know, in our association and stuff, anytime they've tried to make change, like it's never ended well. It's never, you know, people don't have a clear path for it. And I think that's they the don't. main thing is to educate yourself and, and put yourself in a position where you could and see your game plan go to work. That's right. Know, and what, how you're going to make a difference. And, and then surround yourself with the people that are going to bring you up, you know, that are going to help you in that, in, in that instance. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I think Cowboys are the best people in the world to be representing anything about America. And I just, I want to see more people step in. Absolutely. You know, I've been fortunate. I've been raised in the Western industry my whole life. My dad, he's worked in it all my life. And you know, of course I've robes and everything else, but there's nothing more to be proud of than having a cowboy hat on your head and, you know, a pair, pair of good Justin boots on your feet. You know what I mean? That's just end of the day. That's how it is. And done deal. 
I and, and you can fit in in any in any environment, and people find you intriguing. That is, they do. Fun. Yeah, they see you wearing the hat and the boots. God forbid you got the spurs on walking through someplace. <laughs> like someone's gonna stop and say, "Hey, are you a real cowboy? Right. Especially are you now. really out there doing it? Yeah. yeah." And you're like, "God damn right I am." I know. My man J Dub bought me a pair of shaps the other day. I cannot wait to drag calves. Like I'm fixing to go drag something right now, just because. Like not even because we need to work cattle right now, but just like that's my favorite thing about um, like. Cow horse and working cow horses, they get to wear those chaps. Oh, looks they just look cooler than shit, don't they? Oh, and mine have I don't a even brand own a pair, on them, but I would love to have a pair of those and just wear them around. <laughs> I mean, the closest the closest thing I have to cow horses that my friend Clinton has cow horses, you right? Know, he has the chaps, but I, I don't have them. We need something in rodeo where you can wear those. Well, yeah, like an event, like yeah. you know, bareback riding or saddle bronc riding or bull riding. Yeah, they're different though. Right. They're you different. know, you made an interesting comment earlier about the the appearance fee, mm-hmm. but isn't that what you kind of appreciate about a guy like Sage Kimsey or JB Mooney? They're always like those are public figures. Like people, I mean, heck, I want to get my picture with JB Mooney, right? They're badasses. Like, yeah, and and to uh, to see them be so accessible to the public, I think that's what I love about cowboys and who they are and what they stand for. Oh, I love the accessibility. Right. I'm just saying that they, their faces and the work that they put in to elevate the sport's worth something. I don't mean that they need an appearance fee to like be accessible to, right. to people. To like little kids be like, hey, that's Yeah, not that. That's a totally different thing. What, I'm, what I'm saying is if Sage Kimsey enters the perf at the Houston Rodeo, Houston should pay him something for that. Because they're making a lot of money off his face stamped on that ticket or your face or whoever's. If, if your face is stamped on that ticket at the NFR... I think that's valuable. That's you should get something for your likeness being utilized. That's all I mean by appearance. I got you. You know, and because the other all the other industries have that set up. See, I think you're such an intriguing mind to talk about it because you've been in rodeo, you've seen what those guys don't get, and then you've been outside of rodeo. Like mm-hmm. most of us have no idea. Like, oh, people get paid for that. Like yeah. you ever seen like where the Millers? Like y'all, you guys are getting paid. Like oh, absolutely. Right. So that I mean, we we don't have any idea. But I, I have friends who have are, are in other professional sports, and so they're, where I've kind of got the get these collective ideas and in my other business that I've got I've got business partners in California and we got to go to California and get to meet with like eccentric people that you just don't normally have access to and when they say where are you from and you tell them and then you explain some of these things they look at you like you're insane right if you talk to a professional baseball player and you tell them that you pay to play and that there's there's no no guarantees whatsoever. They're like, why the fuck would anybody do that? Why are you investing yeah. all your money, time, and effort? Well, and so we have a great friend. He's a, he's a three-time uh, MLB All-Star, right? And he, I, I showed him how to rope. I showed him how to ride, all these different things. And he's really enamored uh, with, now he's liking golf, but really enamored with rodeo. We took him to the NFR, set him up in the, in the booth with George Taylor when he was the CEO and got him to watch. And when he found out that there's no appearance fees, like these aren't just ideas I had. These are things that people brought to mind. I'm like, you're goddamn right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're the most famous bull rider in rodeo and your your face is on the billboard and your face is on that ticket that that kid will have for the rest of his life and you got nothing for your likeness. We should be getting paid for that. should be getting something. You know, what that value is, I don't know. But if you're going to slap Coleman's face on something that you're selling and profiting from and he doesn't get anything, horse shit. Right. Well, see, the only time that I've really ever thought I should get paid is at one time they made my face into a urinal cake, and I thought, man, if I'm getting peed on all the time, I need to be paid for that. Well, I mean, there's a whole industry of people <laughs> who get peed on and they get paid. Well, that's, you know, now we're, now we are down the rabbit hole. Same city, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Please. Yeah, that is I know. Awesome. He's always saying, you're going to get us demonetized with your mouth. I'm sorry. I can't help it, but. <laughs> I love that you just, it is funny you talk about MLB All-Star. So yeah. there was one in Fort Scott, and I, Adam LaRoche. Yeah. Right? So the only thing I knew about Adam LaRoche is they had goat ropes at his house. Mm-hmm. Right? I go with my stepbrother over there one time. I have no idea who Adam LaRoche is and what he yeah. looks like. No idea. I just know there's a guy trying to rope left-handed, and mm-hmm. he's got two gloves on. Yeah. Right? And so I talked to him just a little bit about, like, 
he was having heck catching up with these goats. And I mean, yeah. of course, me being a teacher, just naturally. I'm right. Like, hey, man, like if you would square up before you leave, like you could, you know, you could get it on him faster. Yeah. So we started talking about it. I was like, well, it's like, uh, well, it's like it's like hitting a golf ball. Like, have you ever hit like a baseball? Yeah. I asked Adam LaRoche if he had ever hit a baseball. Okay. <laughs> like, let's just put that in perspective. I have no idea who the guy is. Yeah. All I know is he does win the next goat rope. One's a buckle. Thank you very much. The next time I see that guy's face, I'm at a Chili's in Mineral Wells, Texas, and there he goes, going yard, like for a two-run shot you to win the game. And I'm like, out. that's the guy, because he had these gloves. I'm like, those are sweet gloves, and they were they were some brand like that yeah. was not associated with baseball. He's like, yeah, I've been using them for baseball. I'm thinking, oh, he must play like slow-pitch softball or something. Yeah. You know, like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> right over my head. That's pretty dang funny. Yeah. I asked Adam Roach if he'd ever hit a baseball. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's like, <laughs> that's, uh, you, you get the reference, but... Well, Coleman, I think uh, one of the things that I realized is I think you and I could talk for 45 hours. And Hey, it was a lot of fun. I, w- I was kind of concerned. Yeah. I was like, man, I really don't know what we're going to talk about for that long because I'm, yeah. I'm not that interesting of a person. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, but I have appreciated getting to come down here. You have a beautiful place. Yeah. No, thank you, you know. for coming. And I think, I think this might be a really valuable podcast for a lot of people. And, and that's my favorite thing about this podcast. When we put something out, it's so, so many people get access to it. And so with us just kind of rifting back and forth on these concepts that are some people wouldn't touch a lot of the stuff we've right. talked about, but people are going to get something out of it. So I'm, I'm glad you took the time out for you guys head home to, to sit down and we'll have to do this again. Cause I think it's a, it's going to be a pretty popular one. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Have fun and be safe traveling around out there. It's kind of yeah, bad weather do. today, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I had to go pick up Ty from his apartment back in the middle of freaking nowhere city. I was like, I couldn't find his apartment. I'm like, God, we're going to be freaking late. Where do you live? You little son of a bitch. I like how you said convertibles aren't that good in the snow. No, you need a four-wheel drive hand. Like, yeah. let's, let's kick it up a notch, huh? The problem is we only get this, like, once a year. Yeah. Maybe right. once a year. Of course, the four-wheel drive doesn't do a whole lot when the road's an ice rink. You just <laughs> slide point. a little slower. That's a good point. You yeah. know, it's funny because you pulled it. I had no idea what you're going to drive. Yeah. You can pull it in. I'm like, you have the most Texas truck ever, right? Like, it's Ford a little. Ford F-350? <laughs> Ford F-350, big tires, kind of jacked up a little bit. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's tall. Like I just put mud out. tires. That's regular. Ford got it from but I mean, it's got big. It from like, Thick, to me, like, like you everybody. look at that, you're like, that yeah. is, uh, yeah, that is absolutely a Texas truck. That's the truck I drive around. Because when I drive in the middle of downtown Fort Worth and I'm looking for some office to go in here and talk on the Gauge podcast, yeah. you know, I'm like, what's I don't know who these people are that I mean, we've never met. No, we never met. And you come pulling in, I'm like, that's my guy. I, yep. I just boom automatically know. I love that. All the trucks back come to that from Bill baby. That's right. He is great. I did. I made one I, phone call myself. Yep. Boom. Yeah. He's the he's the man. He'll take care of everybody and. uh you know, if anybody buys their trucks from anybody else, they're they're stupid. He'll when you're looking for a new vehicle for you or your wife, you want somebody to take care of you after the sale. Look up Bill Fig Ford. Now it's okay if you do Bill Fig Bam. Ford ads because he does pay us. But not Prior <laughs> Creek Lawn Care Quality Lawn Service. Don't I sound like Tin Cup when you he's do. just like, look who I'm looking. You do I'm out here, short haul trucking. You know, <laughs> think a guy like me worries about the chances. That's right. Well. We'll let you guys get on the road, and uh, this will yes, be out. This will be out this coming Thursday. So, well, get ready look to listen, forward folks. to it. All right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This has been The Gage, hosted by me, Chance Conrado, produced and edited by our guy Ty Yeager. 
Shout out to the executive producers, Dustin Pointer and Cody Denton. Marketing and content produced by Riley Chone. Make sure to rate and review this podcast as well as follow The Gauge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to The Gauge wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.